What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Big Cast, episode 195. Lovely Sunday morning here. I am your host, Ainsley Borden. Boyden. Ainsley Boyden. <laughs> Ainsley Bowden. <laughs> I got my own wow. name wrong. It's going to be a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be, be a good episode. going to be a good episode. We got the whole crew back this week. Uh, to my left is the man, the myth, the legend, the seven, Dan Rodriguez. What's happening? That's brother? right, buddy. Back from vacay. So, yeah, I heard it was a fantastic vacation. It too. was terrible. <laughs> Anytime that happens, uh, any kind of uh, in-law vacation, it's, it's usually not great. Mm. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Close my wife can probably hear me in the other room. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to be back chatting video games, of course. As always, in our bottom right, the virtual legality host himself, Mr. Rico. What's happening, sir? I'm excited. I'm excited to talk games. This is gonna be this is gonna be fun. We've got good topics, and I can get my name right, so I'm already one up on some people in this particular episode. Yeah, Dan. <laughs> and last but not least, you know him well. The guy I just learned not 15 minutes ago used to be a lot more of a man. Mr. Ty Guy Travis himself. <laughs> my clunky, my clunky. That could be taken the wrong way. I didn't yeah, mean it that yeah, way, by the way. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, also I, I think we should just let Ames talk today. I yeah, let's just, <laughs> just send them all back to him. <laughs> just to be clear what he's referencing, I let I let Ames in on a little known fact about me, which is that about two years ago when I started appearing in IGN's videos, I was 65 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, and I lost a ton of weight in 2020. So if you want to see Chubby Travis, you can you can watch some uh, fire team chat from two years ago, as Ains did before, I and did. was shocked was shocked at my uh, my my uh, former appearance. So yes, uh, yeah, getting that's what I was trying to reference to unsuccessfully. Yeah. Um, Instead, he referenced the fact that my manhood was chopped off or something <laughs> of that nature. I don't know what he was going um, for there, but yeah, but a yes, very I... special bit cast. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I went back and looked at this fire team chat from two years ago with Lance Reddick. Actually, awesome episode, by the way. I presume because Lance is awesome. it was awesome. It was a yeah. great episode. Yeah. Um, but you don't even look like the same person. Like it's it's kind of uncanny. That's really yeah funny. yeah. Sixty five so. pounds can change, man. <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking about uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Starfield. We got some uh, kind of new information on that this week. We're going to talk about Hogwarts Legacy and that PlayStation State of Play, which I think has gotten a very positive response. We'll talk a little bit about ID at Xbox Showcase and releases like Tunic, Dan's game that he's been waiting, I think, since before we started the show. Yeah. Uh, it's finally out. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Gran Turismo 7 and some of the uh, both complaints and misconceptions about what's going on there and a few other things as well. So before we do that, boys, I do have an on the spot question for you today. And I was thinking about this because I was talking to someone yesterday about Starfield. And someone mentioned to me that Starfield presumably will have a building aspect in it somewhat similar I presume more advanced than Fallout 4. Uh, so if you remember in Fallout 4, you could kind of build your home base and expand upon it and blah, blah, blah. And basically what I said is, okay, let's not make that part of anything you have to do because I can't stand when a game makes me build. It's like one of the one of the biggest things I despise in games is making me build something. Like I tried to go back to No Man's Sky recently since launch, right? So I haven't played it since it was like oh, yeah. bare bones of a game. And it's completely different, but part of the entire intro to the game now, you have to build stuff. 
Um, and I immediately lost interest. I uninstalled it and I haven't touched it since. I, I just can't be bothered with that. That's not what I like to do in a game. So the question for you guys is, is there a, um, an aspect of a game that will immediately turn you off of it? Something that a game asks you to do, something that uh, it does, some type of feature that just immediately you're like, nope, I, I hate that. I can't be interested in that. Man. Yeah, I can answer this one. Go for it. One of the things I really hate is, as a single-player gamer primarily, when a game allows you to play single-player, works just fine, but the levels have clearly been built for cooperative. And I'm thinking here of like the, the Mario 3D Worlds, uh, the Assassin's Creed Unities, uh, where you've got a game that just feels like it's not built for you. And, and you can feel that, to, in my opinion, each and every step of the way when you're playing a game like that. And it's great. I'm, I'm thrilled that some people like co-op and that that's for them. To me, it's really hard to have this kind of one-size-fits-all where the levels can accommodate a one-person kind of concept as well as a four-person concept, mm -hmm. right? You think about uh, New Super Mario Brothers that has that cooperative component. The levels are different because they have to be able to have four people and bubbles and all this random stuff. And it, it's not as tight or what I was looking to play. So every time that happens, I am much more disinclined to purchase it or to otherwise in, enjoy it. And those are, those are the games that pop into my head as really having that problem. Obviously, some games and game types can kind of work both ways. Speaking of games that are coming out soon, I think Borderlands mostly works solo or co-op, depending on how you want to play it. But very often when you're playing these games, they're really built for co-op. Gotcha. Gotcha. And by the way, uh, first of all, good morning, chat. What's going on, everyone? I forgot to say that because I'm completely off my game this morning. And uh, Boxenberger in the chat, Mr. Archimedes, reminded me that it was two days ago when I was on his show, The World of Gaming, we were talking about Starfield and building. And uh, I had already forgotten that because that was a couple days ago. And my mind is mush right now. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a good that's a good example. Uh, that's a good example, Rick. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Travis, Dan? I'm sure Dan has a whole list of things. Yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, it's yeah. starting to narrow it down to one. Like, like <laughs> poor menu optimization. Uh, Battlefield. Yeah. Uh, the only one I know is jump scares, right? You're yeah. out on jump scares. Jump scares, gone. Uh, any kind of multiplayer, you know. Uh, uh, so, but really, like, when, when a game, like, I'm all about, you know, holding my hand through a game. You know, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, at least show me you know point me in the general right direction like you have to go north when you don't tell me anything it drives me absolutely crazy <laughs> like hey there's this guy his name is harry and he you know he's about six foot two and uh <clears throat> he's got a red hat on uh yeah you gotta go find him for the next quest and you know it's a gigantic open world and it, there, there's nothing to point you anywhere near in the right direction you know it's not like oh he's uh he's a gambler maybe he's near a casino or something you know just something even something minor uh would be nice but I, i'm not a big fan of the 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 uh completely hands-off approach mm. you know because i mean I, maybe i was back you know 10 15 years ago that was more but now I don't have the time, man. I just don't have the time to sit here and, you know, look for every single little thing. You know, I, a lot of people complain about, like, the, the the map systems on a lot of these open worlds where it's just completely littered with stuff. I'm just like, yeah, you know what? That's fine with me. I mean, good. Now I know where to go, at least, you know, if I'm <laughs> completely lost. You know, and, and having options like that, you know, some games do that where you can turn off certain things or turn on certain things or different ways to explore games. Uh, I think that's a better option than just either, you know, 
one way, let's say like Horizon, you know, Forbidden West, where it's just like complete out of control handholding. And then, you know, there's a, you know, I don't know, from what can, I hear, like a you can, use, Elden you can use Elden Ring here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, that's, I, mean, I haven't played it, so I, but I've seen people talk about it. Like that, no way, no chance. Or Tunic, people have talked about that a little bit, where it's like there is no language. You know, there is no, uh, you know, you just kind of have to piece everything together through puzzles and stuff. You know, and that, that can be fun, but also it's time consuming. And the older I get and the less time I have to do this stuff, the 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 more I need that help, and I'm not one bit ashamed of it. Never will be. So, by the way, anyone who's played Tunic, am I the only one who played it? And you get your first like item. I think you get the stick, and you get something else, and it comes up in the weird like glyph language. Yeah. And I went into my menu and like, do I have something selected wrong? Like, obviously, it's not supposed to be. Just, it was like, like that in the demo too. I thought <laughs> I thought it was. I, I really thought it was just. Oh, they're just gonna. This is just a demo thing. So, you know, they just haven't translated it to like, English or something yet. They're not at that stage of development and turns out they were. So, <laughs> no, I did not think the glyphs were a real language. I did, not, <laughs> I did not think they were Sumerian or something that they were that they were throwing down. You can actually, you know, use the instruction book to kind of start putting them together with the with the things that are obvious from those glyphs. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, uh, Dan, I'll just uh, just I think this may be the fourth or fifth time I'll say this, but don't play Elden Ring. Yeah. It's so funny. Your description was so dead on what Elden Ring is. Uh, <laughs> it was it was just very amusing. And also I mean, why I like it. And why, and why, it. why I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right. Speaking of which, I'm going to get back to playing that today. I think the dividing lines are properly set here. Uh, <laughs> on, on <this laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. This is a uh, East West uh, Civil War we have going on. Um, yeah, so I guess I'm kind of the opposite of Dan, which is there are almost no things that will make me not play a game. Like I'm, I'm really open as a, as a gamer, like I'll play sports games and puzzle games and platformers and fighting games and all that stuff. Um, I, that said, I do have a ton of pet peeves, but I don't know if they're like, if they're like foundational blocks, there's no foundational blocks that'll really turn me off. Like I love building things. I love Sims, like really anything you th you could think of if you throw it at me i'll i'll be like yeah it could be done right i want to see i want to see what you have but i don't have any like genres that turn me off i do have like kind of uh like I, like one thing is i i kind of don't like it it's definitely like a turn off if a game doesn't support uh gamepad controls like uh um, or if the gamepad controls are supported poorly you know like if you're playing a game on pc and you know, the one of the biggest lies about PC is that you can play on gamepad and it works fine. It's just like not true. Like, it is not plug and play. Yeah. Uh -huh. Most games do not work well. Or if they do support gamepad, the gamepad controls are like very imprecise and like clearly not worked yep. out. That definitely like <laughs> bothers me when like when I, you know, I can't play a game the way that I want to. Um, and, you know, there's a few other things where it's like. It, basically, if it's done poorly, then I'll then I'll have a problem with it, right? But there's nothing that really. I'm kind of anti Dan in this way. Like I, I really, really. You tell me what type of game you want to make, and I'll tell you if you did it well, in my opinion, right? Like if you made it entertaining for me. But uh, I think anything could be entertaining. I mean, there's I, I I previewed a game I never thought I would have liked, Farming Simulator, um, 22, and uh, that game was. That game like surprised me. I had a ton of fun playing that game, and I'd never played a game like that before. And uh, you know, if you look for the fun in a game, I think you can find it. If you, you just have to go in with that with that mindset. Yeah, that's that's pretty so. true. I think. 
I think we've I think we've gotten to a point in the industry <clears throat> where we're spoiled for choice, right? Um, when we were younger, it was like you got a new game. It didn't no matter what it was, you had a new game, and that's the game you were going to play because there, you didn't really have many options. And now sure. it's just like there's just endless uh, games, so you, you can get really really picky. My main Super Nintendo game was an economic simulator for like two years. <laughs> I, you know, I, no, this does uh, not surprise me, Rick. Well, I'm I'm just saying, no, no, it was. I mean, it was it was a function of both me, of course, but also like <laughs> what we got. So sure. you know, I, I played Aerobiz for like the first three years. I remember of, that game. <laughs> the Super Nintendo's lifespan. That was my main game. Yeah, yeah, I, I played SimCity on Super Nintendo like crazy. I mean, city after city after city. Yeah, great game. Yeah. Um, Bowser attacks. Watch out for him. Um, <clears throat> all right, boys. Let's. Uh, why don't we jump over to what we're currently playing? Because I think that ties into uh, some of the conversation I wanted to have about a couple games. Before we do that, we do have a super chat from our good friend, Mister Forte, which Damn, looks like our. Oh, okay. There it is. I was gonna say our chat's all screwy here. Sorry. There it is, man. Gaming Forte, four nine nine super chat. Thank you, sir. Morning, gentlemen. I'm here for another great conversation featuring the real Thai guy, Travis. Not the buttoned up one. Yeah, <laughs> I can talk to this. So this yeah, is yeah, actually okay. Give, give us the inside is, joke. Scoop it's a little here. bit of an inside joke, which is um, people who play online with me are um, are are consistently shocked by the my fact that who I am when I'm when I'm just hanging out in party chat is not who I am when I'm on a uh, a show such as this, just because. I tend to. Uh, Are you suggesting to, that you get a little bluer, Mister? I get a little. I get. A, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I am scandalized. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I use a little bit of profanity when we're uh, when we're beating our head against the wall on a Destiny raid or something like that, and or uh, Halo it, match. It, yeah, and it regularly makes people laugh. Just uh, the amount of uh, shit talk and, and stuff that I engage in when we're, when we're getting into. That. Yeah, it's it's very it's very fun for me because I get to shock uh, shock people with with. Uh, you know, a little more casual of Travis, but uh, yeah, gaming, gaming forte is regularly like, geez, who are you? Is this the same guy? <laughs> so forte. one of my favorite parts of all this. The pre and post shows are sometimes <laughs> different. That's true. In fact, um, one, I, I still remember this. When we first started BitCast, it was just me and Bert. We did our first episodes were God awful. Uh, but because great. we were literally stiff as boards, you know what I mean? Like we had never done this before. And one of the guys who we were gaming with at the time, who we gamed, you know, lots of drunken nights and crazy nights gaming and chatting and stuff. He's like, I really need to see Saturday night Ains, not, you know, uh, not uh, broadcast Ains on these podcasts. That would help you a lot. And I was like, yeah, I got to be careful. There's a line there somewhere, but, you know, it took a while to kind of find it. Middle ground. But, yeah, exactly. But uh, Forte, thank you, brother. Good to see you this morning, man. Um, and uh, Gecko Gamer in the house again. Yeah, man. Five euros. Any thoughts on simulator sandboxes like uh, Kerbal Space Program? It seemed to tap into ex exploration like Elden Ring, but with a lot of realism in its mechanics. Thank you. Gekko I play Gamer. Kerbal. It's great. Yeah. yeah my kids I have a hard time Kerbal. finding the drive without a little bit more direction uh, on those yeah. kinds of things, uh, but they're very cool. I mean, is that like kind of No Man's Sky-ish? Or is, is, is no. I don't know. I've never played it. So I've seen it. It's a, no, it's it, a physics mechanics type game. It's yeah. it's very cool. It's very, very cool. It's more of like you have to you have to work hard and figure out how to basically launch your spacecraft successfully because there's physics modeling involved with getting like into, Outer Wilds. Uh no. 
Outer no, Wilds is like two percent of the physics of Kerbal Space. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kerbal is like this very. Is, this is more like Bridge Constructor. If, uh, if you've ever played that series, like it's got a little bit more of like a building and learning and that sort of thing. It's kind of, it borders on edutainment actually. Um, and I, 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 I really like those games. And if you've ever played Kerbal Space uh, Program, which is like a really, really good uh, simulator, I think it's easy to say like, oh yeah, those games aren't for me or they're, they're, there's no such thing as a good one. But if you've ever played a bad one and I have, then your your respect for Kerbal goes up like a ton because those games are super hard to make and like hats off to them for making a good one. I I tend to agree with Hoax. Sometimes it's hard to find the motivation in those games. The the good ones do give you like goals and stuff to actually like milestones to hit and then also like achievements. I feel like are an evergreen uh you know mine for for things to do. It's like oh I want to I want to accomplish that thing. Achievements matter a lot more in those games because. They're they're kind of they kind of can serve as your in-game milestones um, for for what you what you try to achieve. That's right. You know, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I'm as someone that doesn't really check on trophies or achievements or Steam achievements or anything else. That that makes a lot more sense to me. That that's how you get some motivation in a yeah, game like that. Because I'm just not thing, looking right? at those lists very often. Yeah. Yeah, I don't thing. except for certain games. You know, sure. like like my my big use case for like when I go for gamer score on Xbox is like. Uh, if, if I like the game so much and I'm kind of done with everything and I want reasons to keep playing, then I'll open up the, the sure. list and I'll start looking at like, okay, how can I, how can I justify playing this even more, uh, aside from just doing another, uh, another run. But yeah, so, some games it, it matters more than others. And I feel like those games, it definitely does. Mm. Like you're, you're like, well, what do I do? There's no like tasks. So here's your list of things to try to go for. So makes yeah, sense. Gotcha. Maybe I'll play Kerbal. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that. should for sure. It's it's super good. It's like the old bottle rocket science project. It is. Yeah, my I'm my sure kids my love kid it. Right? Throw a keyboard through the monitor. Turbo <laughs> in front of them, but you know, maybe, maybe. Uh, so thank you, Gecko, for the uh, super chat. And he also says uh, it is in the. I, I say he. They also say it is in the humble bundle for Ukraine right now. So there's oh, you weren't aware there's big one. Yeah, there's a really good bundle right now where you can buy like I think it's six games for a cheap price, and all the all the revenue or profits go to uh, you know supporting Ukraine. So check that out if you if you. Yeah, I saw the long dark in there. That's that's one of my personal I, favorites. I, is it really? That was one of the very first games that I spoke to the developer and did an article on for Season Gaming like five years ago. Nice. Oh really? Yeah, when we had no audience whatsoever, they they gave me the code and you know talked to me and yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, survival crafters. I I I like them, but it's also like a um, uh, you know, like you you feel like eating something only occasionally. Uh, it's I only have an appetite for a survival crafter once in a while, but I really like the long dark as an example of the form. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. That's fair, Hogue. Yeah, it's it's like not an. I feel like you'd get too stressed out if it was your forever game. At least that's yeah. how I feel. Some survival crafters are. I can play Minecraft forever, which is technically a survival crafter if you play that. Long Dark and, and Subnautica, I think, are my favorites of those. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. All right. So uh, currently playing. So I want to uh, – I'm going to kick us off with Gran Turismo 7 because I want to talk about some of the things that uh, have spread around the Twitterverse and online. And I know VGC – was reporting on this which really kind of inflamed the topic which you know i i can i can take or leave you know obviously you get the hits for it but uh you know um 
I, I'm always weird. I don't know about you guys, but I'm always weird in games where they're like, to, to buy everything in this game, you'd have to spend $3,000. And it's like, well, that's not a fair representation of what's actually going on in the game. They did it with Assassin's Creed. They did it with Halo. They're now doing it with Gran Turismo. And it's like, uh, you know. So let me say this about Gran Turismo. And I am, I'm writing an article on it, not a review, but just an open article about some aspects of it because... Um, I feel it's worth talking about because I feel like there's a there's a very good game here with fundamentally and again you know we joke every time I bring up car guy Travis I go back to our conversation but you know in all seriousness I have been around cars my whole life I have raced you know on all kinds of different tracks and it's just it's a part of my my thing that I love right and car culture and so what I look for out of Gran Turismo is a game that has semi-realistic racing and i because it's not you know they call it a sim but it's not a true sim you know what i mean but it's video game sim um and good physics modeling you know attention to detail right and when you look at this game and you start to really get into it and put some time into it it has all those things in spades i was racing yesterday some awesome races on real courses and it was just fantastic it's fantastic i was like this is really really well done and the cars feel like they should you know, it's easy to make mistakes. You have all kinds of uh, ability to turn assists on and off, which most racing games do. But I can tell you from experience, this is much more on point than some of the other racing games, you know, that you can get. And anyway, there, there's a really good game here. Now, I do have qualms with it. It's not perfect. I don't like the way they approach some things, but that's a whole other topic. But I feel like this microtransaction conversation around uh, Gran Turismo 1, it's a little overblown. Uh, and two, it's detracting from the conversation about the game itself, right? Uh, and I just don't like to see that in general. It's like, first of all, you've now you've got, as usual, we joke about this all the time, but you've got a lot of people commenting on Gran Turismo who obviously haven't played it, right? They have no clue as to what's actually in the game. They're just going off the. <laughs> that order. never stops anybody. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And and so, yeah, I, I would say the rate at which you earn credits it can be a little slow. It can. Go ahead, Rick. Because I know no, you're playing I, it. You know, I talked about this in my video, so I, I I went over this. Like one of the issues I have, and I I'm, I mostly agree with you on this, Ains, is that there were two things that happened simultaneously, right? Because that patch was changing the microtransactions and giving us dirt tires, as we talked about before the show. <laughs> right. uh, it also went bad. It, it also went, yeah. it was a bad patch that caused them trouble for 32 hours, something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. And so you had the kind of simultaneous reasons to hate on Gran Turismo, which is also the current flagship PlayStation exclusive. And we know how that goes online with console <laughs> warriors. So it, you had all these things happen at once. The microtransactions to me, you know, you, they were they were upfront, at least after the re review period, by the time I could get to play it, where you get the credits and then it says at the bottom, some euphemism, top up your top credits, up. top off your wallet, something like that, like you're yep. filling gas. Um, and in some respects, it, it feels like filling gas now. Um, but when you actually look at the numbers and everything else, I think if you wanted to be devil's advocate here and not just jump on the outrage train, what what they actually describe in that patch makes a modicum of sense to me that if their data is showing that the the times for the races are wildly off, and that means that you, in order to really min-max your time, you're essentially playing the same race 100 times, that isn't the experience they want you to have. Now, could they have changed that by raising everything else up? They could have. Uh, could, could they have balanced it in a different way? Yes. But I, I looked at what happened there and I said, I would love 
if they actually did a white paper, like here's the data we have. Here's why 65 became 50. Here's why this 65 became 30. Here, here's what we can see. And, you know, talk to me like I'm an adult. Um, I, I think you'd get further than we're going to strip all these numbers. And it looks for all the world, or if you're going to take a very superficial view as, hey, we're selling these now for cash money and we're going to reduce all these things. And yeah. then they come out with the note that says what I said earlier, which is, well, people are getting unbalanced with actually playing Gran Turismo because, yeah, these were set wrong. Um, I, I, I am sympathetic, but also at the same time, it's, it's, it's a rough position to put your developer in when you're going to sell those credits because it's easy enough to say you're now developing for those microtransactions, whether or not it's true. And I think because you're in that situation, you, you really owe on a communications level more information yeah. because, hey, you might not be. You, you might still be designing your game in the way that makes sense to you, but without more information, I totally am sympathetic to the people that jump on and say, nah, that's a that's a cash grab. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I think that, uh, you know, it, there's probably some aspects here that would would hold a little water. I just um, I think it's a little uh, disingenuous for people to just jump to that conclusion. Not that that doesn't happen all the time, like we joke about, but to jump to that conclusion without any real data, which is really your point, right? Really trying to see what the uh, what the true outcomes of people of people's playtime actually is and what it's uh, resulting in. Well, um, I think VGC did it wrong. I mean, I called them out in a little little ways. I think it's I like VGC as an outlet in general, but I think they do this sometimes. Uh, and, they, you know, they say, OK, it's forty dollars to get four million credits. So all of these things are are always forty dollars. And then these various cars are going to take this time and they don't give any credit to the fact that all we're actually talking about are things that you can earn in game. Yeah. Um, so I am always more lenient towards the it's not a specialty currency that locks out something into a cash store. It's like yeah, grinding is a very interesting concept and maybe one we should have a half episode on at some point, because yeah. if you're enjoying the game, I really struggle with the concept of grinding. Yeah. Are, are you playing Gran Turismo to get a car or are you playing Gran Turismo to play Gran Turismo? Uh, because those to me are distinct. And if you report on it only as I really need that Lotus, then you're, you're missing out and you probably shouldn't be playing it anyway, because I, it sounds like you're not enjoying it uh, the, the way you would hope to. And I, I might like it more than you do. Ains. Like Gran Turismo, this is my favorite racing game in this kind of racing, racing on courses, not Horizon, yeah. um, in a long time. Uh, cool. I, every time I pop in there, I wind up playing for two hours. It's 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 wild to me, mm -hmm. um, but I totally get why people come down on them. I just think it's a little bit harsh, and it was doubled up on the, the loss of thirty two hours with terrible communication. I mean, god awful <laughs> yeah. Yeah. communication yeah. from Polyphony. Zero. I mean, it was lack of communication. Right. Well, not only that, but their promise was actually. It, for those of you that don't know this, this thing went down uh, when they tried to put up this patch. And then a lot of people found out that single player was completely. Uh, I, I found out the hard way. Yeah, needed. This, they needed the servers for single player. I did as well. I, not, to, not to keep plugging my video, but one of the things I went over was how it is presented in the store and how there isn't an asterisk that talks about solo needing online. How And then somebody points me to the physical box, which apparently has a has a tag that's a little bit more. Uh, obvious that says like most features require internet or something like that, uh, which doesn't appear on the digital side at all. And mm -hmm. I said, I, you know, I, Sony's going to have me on the biggest blacklist in the world after the Horizon video and after <laughs> after being like, you're, you're advertising this wrong because this was a surprise to me. And yeah. not like I have every bit of knowledge in the world, but I, I'm pretty tuned into this stuff. And I had no idea that you had attached Solo so much 
to needing a server to check in on things. No, me um, neither. In fact, I, I turned it on and, you know, you got the clocking message and the yep. maintenance is still down. And I'm like, OK, play offline. I was like, yeah, cool. I'll play offline. And then you get there and you can literally just do like straight races. There's like nothing. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you can do. And I'm like, uh, what is this nonsense? So yeah, that is uh, as service is hard. Yeah. <laughs> service is hard, you guys. But Travis, so, I, I don't want to do this for another two hours. I was going to say, don't you two start no, again. But, but like Gran Turismo doesn't have to be games as a service. Like there's no, ob- there's no concept of the solo campaign that but requires yet, you to treat it as a, as a SaaS product. And yes, so, and yet it is. I, <laughs> okay, but that we've, we've already crossed the Rubicon when you get to, hey, games as a service is hard. We have to go back to the other side of the Rubicon and say, what? why did you, why did, why? Why did you do that that way? Like, I 100% <laughs> agree that maybe GT7 should not have chosen that model. I think lots of people do it going, it's easy, right? Just change the way you deliver content. And I'm like, yo, like you are, <laughs> this is why I laugh whenever people are like, oh yeah, like, you know, the, the it's not like a specific type of game. It's just uh, the delivery model. And I'm like, no. To me that you, it, you, you have to build uh, the communications. Like you guys were saying the whole, oh, the whole uh, communication. The fact that G, like the, the, the PR side of this was really bad. Like that's because they clearly weren't prepared for this sort of product yeah. or this kind of model. And, yeah, GT, yeah. if you're, as Rick said, if you're not fully aware, GT was down over a day completely with no communication. It was just, they, we found a bug in our update maintenance is going to take longer and then people and, just kept trying to play it all day and it just never worked when they actually went they did the wrong thing on a communication basis because they didn't just say we're working on it and we'll figure it out and you'll never hear from us again their first and only communication is we will let you know when we think we'll be able to get this thing up we will we'll actually have another tweet that will tell you projection so what you have to have at that point is your live services community whatever your intern with the Twitter profile, every couple hours going, we're working on it, we're working yeah. on it, we're working on it, we're working on it. And we'll let you, we'll literally let you know when we think it's going to be 6 a.m. or not. Instead, mm-hmm. nothing, and then it's back up, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of what you promised. We weren't, we weren't kept in the loop at all. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it was, it was bad. And, and that's obviously a very separate a separate conversation from the microtransaction. So I don't think it's a separate conversation because I I really do think the reason it's tied to the server, the reason it's a game to the service at all is to be able to check on any ways that people could be cheating on credits because that's their main thing that they're selling you. Um, So I think a lot of that lives in the same conversation that that it wouldn't have been built that way if the business model wasn't to sell you credits. So I I don't agree together. Yeah, I don't know if that's true, because like there's lots of games that have that model in single player, like Assassin's Creed, basically any Ubisoft game, and you can play those offline, and they don't. But they also sell you credits, and they also sell you accelerators. They do, but they do, they do, but they don't. They don't go offline when they patch an update. They're not really games as a service in the same way. They're kind of. But I think in in Gran Turismo Seven's case, the and and this is speculation. I don't know for sure, just knowing from a game design standpoint. None of us are there. Yeah, (laughs) so you have have multiplayer and you have GT Sport, right? And GT Mm -hmm. Sport is an an aspect of GT7. Like, everything they built with GT Sport is included in GT7 as a a separate thing. It's their fancy racing, yes. They're really, because Gran Turismo takes it very seriously, and they have an online league and international championships for Gran Turismo racing, right? And GT Sport builds a a profile of you as you play the game. You can go to your page and see all of your statistics, uh, how you race, what licenses you have, how many miles you've covered every day, all this stuff, right? 
And that's all done in real time as you're playing. In addition to that, the, the most interesting thing, and it can be good or bad depending on how you look at it, and it ties into the currency conversation about Gran Turismo, is that the used car shop and the legend offerings, uh, which are these rare, legendary, expensive cars, but the used car shop and stuff, they are actually updating in real time. So as people in the world buy a certain used car, there's only it's finite. There's only so many of them. So they're trying well, to the sold out signs. I thought it was just faked. That's some, no. that's some kind of data collection. Yeah. So what they're trying to do and Yamuchi, I, I don't know if I pronounce his name properly, but the director of the game of, of Polyphony Digital um, basically said that they're trying to create a an actual real world simulation of the car market. And that's why like a an R33 Skyline, right, will be worth a lot more than I don't know. I'm not making a good example, but certain cars will be worth a I lot can't more do that at all. So <laughs> because they're in real life, they're sought after cars. So, for instance, an E30 M3, the first generation M3 Evo is worth like three times what an E46 M3 is, even though the E46 M3 is a higher performer and newer because the E30 is really sought after. Right. Like in real yeah, life. I mean, collectors markets. Yeah, so those, those prices and the availability of those cars is in fluctuation. And so between sport, multiplayer, and the and the car market, it feels like Gran Turismo was built in a way where it's always passing data for every player's uh, uh, journey as they play the game. Well, so, okay. I, first of all, I didn't know half of that. So that's very interesting to me that there's a website that you can go to, like Destiny or something like that. Um, I, I will say this. Benefit of the doubt. Full devil's advocate that this is a totally benign set of circumstances on the part of Polyphony. Sometimes you can have a creative mind or somebody that builds something that gets too invested in whatever aspect of it that it is, whether that's making a product, whether it's making a video game, something else. That sounds to me like the actual use case for the average consumer of Gran Turismo 7 kind of fell by the wayside for wanting to do things that maybe weren't strictly necessary to actually achieve what Gran Turismo 7 wants to do. And, Agreed. And, yeah. Agreed. Me, and they, could have, that, they could have segmented it off too. They could have yeah, made it part and of the game that, accessible and, you know. Some of that to me is the cost of doing business. Like I really like Gran Turismo 7 for how unique it is, how much it cares about cars in a way that I don't. Um, and so <laughs> some of that, some of that is like, okay, I, I get if you're going to have kind of a, a really passionate, very focused person doing these kinds of things, maybe you take the good and you take the bad. Uh, but taking both and then you have yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly travis so, anyone under 30 didn't get that at all <laughs> uh, hey you know so so devil's advocate I, that's useful information um certainly the average consumer I, it no. looks terrible it was it was it was a bad day, bad uh, day. on top of a patch that was hey one we're going to change your credits and two i joke about the dirt tires but did you waste your time trying to get golds in almost all of the licenses? Then we're sorry, we had the settings wrong, which is totally fine. That's the kind of thing that happens in a video game. But you, you put them all together and it's like, all right, all right, all right yeah. Grand Turismo. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't had the best launch with a game that is fundamentally quite good, as you said, or you I both said. It. Yeah, I mean, once you get into the heart of the game, it's excellent, and there's some some really good parts of it. But you know, yeah, can I actually go back to something Hogue said about um, grind? Because yeah. actually, if I had to say 
uh, what you just asked her at the top of the show, what is like a game mechanic that you can't get behind? And uh, I, something I complain about a lot is grind because the types of games I tend to end up reviewing. I was going to say, someone uh, who been has thousands your whole of life. Destiny right, yeah, complaining yeah, about grind. Oh, no, but I complain about the grind of Destiny constantly. True. And Doug's point, like, like, uh, yeah, in a certain sense, if you if you are feeling the grind about something, then maybe maybe the game has has uh, more core problems. But a good game for twenty hours can become a bad game in eighty hours really quickly if you're forced to replay the same content over and over again. It just depends on the game. And so my pe- one of my pet peeves around games is when they put their best content at the end of a really long grind and it kind of makes you resent it even though it, it ends up being good in the end just because it makes you do so much to get there and destiny is a great example they'll like give you an awesome campaign and they'll put like 40 hours of grind between you and the rest of the good content and it's yeah. just like what are you doing in that middle time while well, you're replaying the same stuff you did yep. during the main campaign you're replaying the old strikes and crucible maps you've played a hundred times and it's just like oh my god dude just like don't make me work for it as much just give me the good content why am i having to just do this and the answer a lot of times is like player engagement statistics daily log on times you know not not losing the game after a couple days and and just going and playing something else and i'm like yo that this is not the way like another great example hardcore players have ruined it for the rest of us oh for sure (laughs) it's so funny i watch i watch this with world of warcraft i watch this with destiny and all these things it's like I'm never going to get anywhere near half of this stuff. Yeah. And, they're, and they'll be complaining on Reddit like on day two. And I'll yeah. be like, uh, okay. For sure. And I, and I think that building the game for the people that want to grind is a like classic mistake of game design because they'll say, oh, well, if we just build the grind and, and gate the content at the end, then people will be forced to play it, right? And it's like, no, you'll just lose 98% of the player base. And I think the, the good model and, and what Destiny has started to embrace and other games like it is that you know you you get you make all the content accessible but then you add an optional grind at the end for the people who really want to min max and drive up their stats and get that extra like five percent of you know uh of power out of the game then then you put the grind there and it's like fine because none of the content is hidden there it's just an optional grind um but yeah it it, it can it, they can really screw up a game by adding just some optional grind and uh yeah, Destiny is a great example of it. Um, yeah. What, what's another game? Uh, I totally just, agree with that, Travis. The one yeah. thing I would say is I think people jump on grind too quickly. Agree. You know, I don't think for it's difficult sure. to get to a million credits in Gran Turismo. It'll take some time, but hopefully you're enjoying yourself. And and I, I felt this a lot with my RPGs. So I, I, people that know, I'm a big JRPG fan. Uh, and one of my earliest was Dragon Warrior slash Dragon. Yeah. Warrior, right? And that was basically built on grind. Like you couldn't yes, cross it was. a bridge until you had spent a solid three hours killing slimes. Um, and that's kind of where I grew up. So all, as so many of these opinions often are, it's it's where you started gaming and where you live. I've never minded that. I've never minded that kind of power crawl. And then, oh, you cross a bridge and you get these kind of um, victory conditions from a, from a Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest. But in the modern era, that kind of design is very heavily frowned upon. Uh, and they like very smooth curves. And, and to me, it's like, mm-hmm. Yes, smoothness is nice. You can lose some of that value of, of finding victory and, and overcoming obstacles if you make it too smooth. Um, and so I've constantly had that conversation with people, which is like, I, I, I like a little more pushback. And difficulty settings can do that in some respects, but sometimes you have to have a design focused on that. So I, I think I'm a little reflective. Uh, reflexive. For sure. And, and when, when people say grind, I'm like, okay, 
Let's say yeah, yeah. Happening well, there, there's a good grind and there's a bad grind. Like Yakuza, yeah. like a dragon, was a game that had kind of a bit of a grind if you wanted to do the the end game stuff. But like, I love that game so much, I happily did it. And so it's like it kind of just depends. But like, there, I think the way you know that there is such thing as a bad grind is the fact that game designers seem to know what the right length is, and sometimes they'll charge you to get the right grind. So like Assassin's Creed, they'll have you know double xp is something you buy and then if you actually buy the version of the game that has double xp because i've i've reviewed assassin creed games and they give it to you by default right like yeah here's the double xp and then you play it and you go oh this feels like the right amount of progression like i have to grind a little but it's not crazy and then if you take that away for the for the base the, the lowly base players then it feels very bad and and it's like it incentivizes the developer to make the game boring because then you're more likely to pay for the double xp to get by it and that's like a huge like game design and almost like morality question of like are you going to design a game poorly and like be incentivized to make like a boring grind just to like get people to pay to take it away from you yeah. um and that that's like yeah i, I think we can do a whole episode about grind. Like it's such yeah. a fascinating conversation. That's right? the absolute question. Cause yeah. the end of the day, the Gran Turismo articles come down to, do you think that car would be a million instead of 3 million if they weren't selling credits? Correct. Yeah. Do you, do you honestly think that that's what would happen? Correct. Yeah. And also the, to, the grind and the microtransaction conversation are almost the same to me because mm -hmm. it's like, it's not our, our, is the grind or microtransactions disgusting necessarily? It's more, do you need all of this stuff in order for the game to be enjoyable or for you to get the, the like everything out of it, right? Like if people say like, oh, it costs $10,000 if you want to buy every skin in Halo <laughs> Infinite, it's like, okay, well, who wants every skin in Halo Infinite? You can only wear one at a time. You're right. clearly not meant to own <laughs> them all you know what i mean like it doesn't impact the game to not have that and i would i would put grant the uh grant the auto uh, i would put gran turismo yeah. same same acronym uh i would put gran turismo in the same camp actually of like you don't need all of it to enjoy the game so i i don't think no. it's a fair i don't think it's a fair thing to be like oh it costs three thousand dollars to buy it all so well, the invites are weird i mean I, yeah. I i don't know if you if you knew that this was happening in gran turismo but they have invites for only cards that are only going to be available to you for two weeks yeah. And you get this kind of battle pass feel like I best be playing Gran Turismo if I want that mm -hmm. 177 or whatever. That's the game as a service part. And it's like, oh, it, it does feel just a little bit icky. You're like, I, I see you. I see what you do in game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the save the box, the, the cereal box tops. <laughs> yeah. contest ends you know you gotta get 30 of them so you're just eating a ton of cereal yeah, yeah. so yeah. i i monopoly game yeah i currently have one for carrera gt which is one of my favorite cars of all time it's two million and i'm like and it expires i think friday and i'm like yeah i can there's no way like there's no Once way you cross that, that threshold you're out yeah but no, yeah. it's like oh man if i pressed it <laughs> but anyway uh we've got some super chats i need to get to that we're behind sure. on bear with me here dan knock it off what am I doing? Oh, <laughs> hey, Luke. Xbox expansion pass. $2 super chat. Cast co-op. Big cast. XEP. Rock. Trophy room is mid. That's fair. That's fair. Agreed. Yeah, very fair. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> uh, Gecko Gamer back in the house with another super chat. Yeah, man. GT7 should have a premium currency in order to not make the normal game too grinding. So I, that that's nice. kind of part of the conversation too is uh, you know I saw people bringing up and thank you Gecko you're very generous with the super chat super appreciative man, yeah, man. really appreciate that um, I saw people bringing up the VIP thing in Forza which is fair right because you can buy VIP access in Forza Horizon which is uh, if you buy the you know the premium add-on it's forty bucks if you buy the 
ultimate edition it's whatever it is you know it's more but basically with vip you earn double credits in your races right and obviously that that changes the whole outlook of how you uh can buy cars in that game now i would say because i went back into forza yesterday for the first time in months just to take a look and that game it's funny i think i was talking to elu about this it feels like Gran Turismo, you need to earn at a rate a little faster, right? Feels like Forza is almost all the way on the opposite end of the spectrum. It's like you can play for an hour and you've got 10 Ferraris and it's like there's no sense of earning the best cars in that game because you just kind of have them. Um, and it's You're like getting double needs... XP. I'd be willing to bet. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, double XP. double credits. Oh, I am. But even outside of that, you have the super spins and, you know, you just hand it a lot in that game, which... It, it all depends on what your personal preference is. I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that Gran Turismo wants to make certain cars um, feel special, exclusive. right? Yeah. And exclusive and feel like you should work for them. And when you own one, you're part of a group that now owns this awesome car, just like in real life. But at the same time, there's a balance there. And you do have to remember, this is a video game, right? At the, <laughs> there are certain cars that I adore in real life that I'll never own because they're unattainable to someone like me, right? I don't need to simulate that in the video game I'm playing, right? <laughs> Let me own the car. Um, so it, it is kind of interesting. And that's what Mitchie Dies a lot said in our chat, too. He said it's digital. There is no shortage, right? It's a game, not real life. And Well, yeah. with NFTs, maybe there is a digital shortage. Oh, Do we don't know? Start with that. Don't start with that. Now, that'll this be is, a post. That'll be a post. You'll get one of those messages in GT7. It's like, well... Uh, you know, because he ends his post when they're trying to apologize with something like, I wish I could share with you all our plans. Yes. Uh, but we have some we have some economy stuff that we're working on. It's like, OK, NFTs, <laughs> it's yeah, coming. Yeah. It's going to be huge, guys. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to have um, a middle class car, car collector simulator 2022. That's Gran Turismo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's an interesting conversation. It's, it's a it's a shame that, uh, you know, they. I was about to say it's a shame that this has happened to Gran Turismo at launch because there's a good game here, as we've already said. But this was really self it was brought upon themselves. Right. I mean, they they've designed the game this way and the issues they've had, you know, are part of the game's design. So there's, and it's rare to see a patch do that. All right. Like, yes. I mean, just talking about the actual coding and things and God knows I couldn't do it personally, but we are blessed in regardless of how you feel about the economics models. You aren't seeing patches die and kill something for a day very often anymore. No, we haven't seen something like that that I can remember in quite a while, that long, uh, unexpectedly. Um, but it's kind of weird. Yeah, they said they had a bug. It was like a critical thing they didn't find in QA. And I'm, you know, it's not to get uh, corporate, but, you know, uh, I have experience in QA and UAT. And it's just like, if, if you found, if there's a bug that bad, you're not QAing properly. You're not testing properly. You, you've got to rethink your process because if it's that critical you've missed it and that's well you could tell they were trying to get out in front of something worse because one of the things they do reference is that they thought it was frying saves which that you you want to talk about some articles <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes if yeah. you let out a patch and it fries people's gran turismo saves yep yeah 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 there, there'd be a serious problem well as a uh, game games as a service aficionado <laughs> let me just say i'm really excited for you guys to get your inevitable uh reparations they're going to give you some sort of in-game currency very soon uh for that that outage uh because that's the move man just wait that's what yeah. was the last paragraph the last paragraph may be mistranslated but in his message is something along the lines of we're looking at what we can give you 
Okay. Didn't, didn't even I, read it. Didn't even read it. And I already knew that was going to happen because I've been here. So I expected it when the out. game came back up. I'm like, they better have yeah, some credit or something. They weren't but, ready. Like the, no. the, the, the story of this is it might be a games as a service. Travis might be right. Polyphony is not a games as a service studio or hasn't been before now. Correct. And they're like, Jesus, it's all dying. The, the entire <laughs> boat is on fire. And so like, the message is like, uh, uh, we're looking at what we can give you. Yep. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. 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 I, I think you're right, Hogue. I think they, they are not a games as a service company and they, they thought it would be an easy uh, switch to hit to, to make it that model. And uh, this is why Sony bought Bungie, right? That this is the move. This is what they want to fix at their company that they don't know how to do this. Yeah. Yet, then, so. then yeah. they'll just vault the cars after you buy them later on. For sure. Be- yeah. <laughs> they'll call it the they'll, garage. They'll call they call it long-term, they long-term parking. They will call it that. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're not far off, they, in that you have to get to a certain point in the game to even know that this legend thing exists and it's you know it's several to ten hours into the game and then the legend cars there's only five of them at a time two when I was presented them already sold out and then the other three start at three million so it, I'm not even close to being able to buy one of them yet and Casual. Uh, yeah <laughs> it's true um so it's definitely interesting uh by the way we missed one super chat I need to get to oh. here Did we? all right whoa what is that? Sayu.com? Sayu. Yeah, we'll just say Sayu. Sorry sure. if we pronounce it wrong. Yeah, sorry, man. Is that Australian 299 or what is that? It was A. No, it's not Australian. And I don't know what just a blank A is. I, yeah. I don't know what that right. is. So if anyone oh, knows, tell us. But regardless, oh, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, single player and multiplayer, everything needs to be free of cheating. Or single player yeah. feed, multiplayer, everything needs to be free of cheating. Right. When the single player goes into the multiplayer, you have more concerns. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Sure. I think he's referencing uh, things because someone else in the chat said something about um, offloading your data, basically, to uh, and then re-uploading when it reconnects, basically, to make it look like uh, to basically yeah, manip- they that. manipulate your capabilities, your stats, etc. Yeah, exactly. So thank you very much. Uh, please let us know what that currency is, because I honestly have not seen that before. No idea. Yeah, but thank you very much. Appreciate it. Bill. All right. Uh, that was far longer on Gran Turismo, as usual, than I expected to spend on our <laughs> It was just what Tane's playing today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to comment on Horizon. I will just say this about Horizon. Um, I- I've determined after maybe 10 hours, uh, I'm into the Forbidden West now. Uh, I've done a few missions in the Forbidden West, gotten leveled up, a-, a few pieces of gear and stuff. I've determined that playing 200 hours of Elden Ring and then trying to go to Horizon is a mistake. I do not recommend I told it. You, <laughs> you, I told you, you needed that palate cleanser. I did say bouncing between them was game. very hard. Man, I'm on tape saying bouncing between them was hard. Yes, yes, uh, you both, you both have said that, and Dan, you're exactly right because it, it's just not, it's not doing it. And and you yeah. know how much I love Horizon, how much I was looking forward to this game, pump for it. It's yeah. it's every time I played it, I would play it for about 45 minutes to an hour. It would feel like a chore, and then I would turn it off. So. <laughs> What I'm going to do is I'm, so I'm going to, I know, <laughs> me too. So I'm putting it aside. I'm going to come back to it yeah, in like in June. a few yeah, months. Yeah. yeah, summertime. I'll come back to it fresh. Right now, to your point, Dan, Gran Turismo is the perfect, completely different game than Elden Ring. Uh, you know I'll stick Stop all that stuff. I've been running over hobos for the past three days in GTA 5, and it's been fantastic. <laughs> you want a palate cleanser, go play that. It's 10 bucks on a PlayStation. Easy, easy, easy purchase. I don't care how many times you bought it before. Easy purchase. <laughs> I am going to actually. the world's worst refresh. I, will say I am that. actually going to buy it. Yeah. It's great. 
I also the bought it. sense actually works really well with it. The 60 frames is worth it. Honestly. Oh, yeah. I'll buy that game every time it comes out. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> I haven't I'll played it. I haven't played it since 2013. Since it launched on 360. Oh, it's craziness. Yeah. I have. Yeah, well, no, it's a good refresh for the for that price. I was gonna say, Travis, you're not alone because I literally have the Xbox One version when they re-released it on my shelf, sealed. It's still Ooh. in the plastic. So here's and- the thing: I play through it every time I buy it. So I've no. played through the campaign multiple times. So it's like. You know, I I will at least say that I've played through it multiple times. Yeah, no, I went full Dan on it. Um, you know, full just Dan. buying it for no. Well, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah, I can't recommend Stranger of Paradise as a palate cleanser for Elden Ring. Uh, you but... made a very controversial uh, post this week, by the way, sir. Of... I thought that's what I'm about. Of course, but by the way, <laughs> just... a dollar sign is Australian. It's just a set oh, a different okay. way of abbreviating it, apparently. Instead of uh... AUS. Well, that's yeah. well, that's weird because we've we've gotten Australian super chats yeah. before, and it has said AUS on Streamyard. That's why I didn't think that's what it was. Hmm. Oh well, okay. Um, so Travis, I don't know if you missed this by the way, but Rick earlier, maybe you saw it. Rick earlier this week said he's enjoying Stranger of Paradise, this game that's getting some people seem Great to game. like someone, yeah. but he's enjoying it more than Elden Ring. So well, I, well, tell us about it. I think it's distinct. Uh, so Stranger Paradise is what I've described as one of my favorite experiences of the year, primarily because it is as equally wonderful as it is horrible. And the mix here is is just really, really interesting. You're talking like, about the writing, I assume? Well, the, the writing, see, I think I know what, I understand what they're going for with the writing. It's actually a little bit like, I don't know if you remember a game from 2016, I think, uh, called World of Final Fantasy, which yeah. essentially tries to take the shit out of, final fantasy a little bit it's almost the same kind of concept but just from a different angle um so the writing is clearly making fun of the seriousness with which final fantasy is portrayed and it's it's not great but that goes along with what's not great which is like i don't know how many outsourced studios they used or what but based on what camera angle you're looking at in a cutscene, it, it could be modern looking it could look like final fantasy 7 remastered it could look like a dreamcast game like between camera shots um and it that's it's just really wild there but what is the most important thing is that its battle system is ridiculous good it is it is fantastic in capturing um kind of some of the conceits of final fantasy switching between jobs working with magic as well as melee putting these famous monsters in and then, you know, suplexing them, Bane striking them, whatever it is you're doing <laughs> at any given moment in Stranger, <laughs> Stranger Paradise. And, uh, you know, you get the music. I, I don't know if people realize that it's essentially like World of Final Fantasy, a kind of um, celebration of Final Fantasy. It says it's origins, but it's not really one. It's, it's all the Final Fantasies. They take levels from various Final Fantasies, put it to the background music of that. And then it, it's bite-sized. Right. So if you don't like getting lost in Elden Ring, if you don't like having to figure out that there's a person standing behind that tree and you have to emote to a sunset between two mountains standing (laughs) in the right place, then you can play this game. It'll be a 20 minute excursion. Then you pop back out to the world map. I mean, it's Neo. It's it's Neo's model if you played that game. Um, So as I my tilt is completely wrong on this because I love Final Fantasy. It's my favorite series in gaming. Um, And I love even, even as it goes weird. Uh, in, as it gets into the double digits, I, I like basically all of them. I like this game. I enjoy playing this game. I enjoy battling. I enjoy doing jobs. I enjoy putting abilities with cross-job uses. I do. I, I love all those things that I love since Final Fantasy V. In a Neo battle game that 
has asset problems and has poor cutscene editing and has somewhat bad frame rates. That dialogue, um, some of that dialogue ain't good. The Go dialogue ahead. isn't good. The textures are bad. You kind of forget who the characters are most of the time. Um, but those games can be fun. Double they really up. can. Yeah, <laughs> it feels to me like a I don't know, like a like in the heyday of PlayStation Two when there was just all this crap and all this variety that was thrown at you that was somewhat half baked. Um, but was but was variety. It is it is not something that feels like something else you're playing at the time, other than the fact that it does have kind of a soul's bent. Um, I, I I thoroughly enjoy it every time I play it, and it's and it fits into my timeline. You talk about you know respecting yeah. players' time, not wasting time. It, it's twenty minutes and out, uh, and you can set your difficulty levels again. This all follows from Neo. I mean, it's essentially Neo three. Um, with a Final Fantasy uh, kind of bent. But you set your difficulties, that controls what level of loot you get, so you're kind of controlling your own experience. Um, and I don't know that the job system has ever been imparted on an action game like like this before. So it, it feels really cool. And if you aren't familiar with it, you're working down a skill tree and getting experience in your job. And you don't otherwise get experience as, a, as an individual. And then those jobs open up cross classes and give you things that you can apply to other jobs so that you can take your uh, warrior job and figure out how that ability can work with a black mage in a cool way um, that feels as you do it like it's not intended obviously all this stuff is intended but it feels like you're crafting builds in a, in a unique and fun way for an action game um and i i thoroughly enjoy it now you do have to like that you know your, your main character is gonna listen to the exposition and shout bullshit while putting his iPhone in his ear and listening to, you know, uh, rock. Uh, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's part of the charm, which is that it is not taking final fantasy seriously, basically at all. Okay. It's awesome. interesting. It, yeah. uh, it, 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 it got a wide range of reviews. I was checking up just to, to double check right here. And like, you know, IGN seemed to be on the high side, Travis, they gave it an eight, I would um, give it an eight. but then Very other games, but then other sites were giving it five, sixes. It landed. Totally understand it, fives. It's, it's critic, critic, <laughs> crit, excuse me, critics recommended on on Open Critic is a fifty five percent. So it's literally oh, yeah. like that's half exactly and half. right. Yeah. Exactly Ames, right you were, you were saying I was going to be offended by Hoag's tweet, but I actually am not at all. That the, a that doesn't surprise me given Hoag's leanings, and b like like. I, I get that Elden Ring is super popular, but I would still argue it is aggressively not for everyone in the same way that Stranger of Paradise is also aggressively not for everyone. And I saw somebody in the uh, chat ask, like, you know, Hogue, are you are you falling for nostalgia or whatever? And and uh, to that I, I to, to that I just to that I say like everyone has their own leanings and bias and biases and, and living a uh, lived experience. And like, you can't really avoid nostalgia. Even if you say like, Oh, I'm separating it from nostalgia. Like you're, you're, you're a human who, who is subject to that. So I would just say, all, all you can do is say whether or not you are enjoying it and you can enjoy a game that you also realize has problems. And I, I actually, I agree with IGN's review of eight. And I think that's probably what I would end up giving it having only played a little bit so far. Um, but it, it's uh, it you can enjoy a, a a bad game if it's fun. That's really just all all what it's about. Like I, I gave um, an Earth Defense Force game, uh, I think like a nine out of ten or something like that. Those games <laughs> are like written terribly and super poorly optimized. But if you've ever played one, especially with a friend, oh my god, they give me so much fun. You just find yourself laughing and, and having a ball. So 
more power to you, Hogue. I, I agree. That game's cool. Um, I would sit I'm, here I'm and tell you that half the screenshots should be like, I cannot believe this isn't three generations ago. <laughs> like, I, I, I am serious that there's like gauze over some of them. Right. The assets don't fit in the background scenes. It's like, I don't know how this was put together. None of that matters because the story of this does not matter at all. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and, and, you know, good, good. Gr- good graphics and screenshot ability does not a good game make, you know what I mean? So there's a lot, there's just more to it. The battle engine is fantastic. And honestly, I think it would be getting nines and tens if it was, you know, better put together. Uh, (laughs) But because the actual game, somebody's going to rip this off and put it in a well-resourced game. You know, Sony will have one of these that has a job system and an action system that they pour a hundred million into because it works. Um, you know, the, the people that actually put together playing the thing uh, really, really works. But it, as for the question, that's exactly right. I think I said while I was describing it, my tilt, which is how I usually describe it, is towards Final Fantasy. I always try to announce my tilt, whether it's on this channel or mine, because yeah. that's important for people to take into account. Yeah, yeah, when, I see, when I see one of the, the bombs grow as a little fireball, I'm, I'm having a good time regardless. And seeing them in full 3D is, is neat. Um, and so that's, that's, that's part of my story. As you say, uh, if they ever remastered star control two, I would give it a 10. I, I, it doesn't <laughs> so I, just to be clear, you know, I mean, that's just where I live. Absolutely. Yeah. Fair enough. That's cool, man. I, I saw, you know, it's, it's, it's always tough because it's not a game I'm interested in. And then you see it get sixes and sevens and mm-hmm. the sad state of the industry right now uh and we're all guilty of this is that there are so many games or so many releases when you see a game you're not interested in and it gets sixes and sevens you immediately disregard it it's don't just, blame you at all yep gone um the only thing that'll get my attention when i'm not interested in is something that everyone's praising which is not really fair to your point um there's well, probably what i'll say is like look when you see this one on a black friday sale or whatever there's a real game that lives in there so you don't have to be worried about that it's it's not junk from beginning to end it's a six yeah. and a seven because there's a whole bunch of asset problems and a bunch of dialogue problems cut scenes cut off in the middle of music i, I mean <laughs> you may or may not know this they use frank sinatra's my way they never get to my what? way they don't yeah yeah of course they never get so you know my way the song they have like the first three lines and then as it's about to go into the chorus they cut it off and cut to black i'm like Choices were made there, and I have. Fun. <laughs> oh my god, that's oh. so awful! I love that. So that's you know, hilarious. It's, hey, that's great. Um, we got a, we got another super chat. I game. I think Gecko is referencing the game. We got another super chat from Gecko. Yeah, challenge. That Drink every time. Yeah. Okay. The guy says that he wants to kill chaos. I have not played it yet, but I want to because it's so hilariously bad in a good way. Here's the thing that I think people maybe don't recognize is that it is clearly intentionally bad that way. Like it is, it is not confused about what it's presenting. (laughs) So, but you can take that as you will. I still don't like it, but it's, they built it to be that quote unquote bad. Like it's, it is trying to take the piss out of final fantasy while they're in a final fantasy. Hmm. That's cool. That is kind of cool. It is cool. Yeah. It's fun. It is a Uh, fun game. Yeah, from what I've played so far. And at the end of the day, it's what matters. So thank you, Gecko, again for the Super Chats. Really appreciate it. Um, All right. Anything else we want to talk about currently playing before we jump over to our Starfield discussion? Let me hear. Uh, Triangle Strategy continues to be excellent. We're powering through Hour 35 at Hope House. Okay. Um, I played 50 hours of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands this week. can Can you talk at all about it? 
I don't think so. I can say <laughs> that I I don't think I can say anything about the game except for sure. that I played it. But uh, I finished my review at like 2 a.m. last night. So I'm officially cool. done with that game back in Elden Ring. But my review will be live on Wednesday. I spent a lot of time with it this week. Nice. Excellent. Looking I'm forward read to that. it. Yeah, I mean that release is Friday. We've it's back where we've got some big releases coming again because we've got it Tiny releases Tina's the same day as Kirby. Well, I'm sorry. How dare they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've got. I was just gonna say we've got Kirby and Tiny Tina on Friday, and then the following Friday we have uh, after multiple years of delay, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Well, just just to be clear, so I can expose myself and the games that I like to play, especially with my daughters. Rune Factory Five is this week as well, so we, we can't skip out on that. All right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I love the overlap of your games because, like, sometimes you'll like these these like you know super prestigious games, and then other times you'll recommend like what was that game you recommend? Lost RPG in words time. Lost in words, I think was one. The Legend oh, of Right. I love Lost in words. Yeah. I so I life. bought that game and I played it, and I was like, wow, this is like clearly a Hogue and his kids game. And I, was like, <laughs> I don't know about this one, but I, I get why you liked it. Yeah. Did you try um, RPG Time? I love that thing. I haven't. I haven't tried that one yet, but yeah, I have. I have bought every game you've recommended just because I feel like I have. I, I get FOMO super bad about games. I have to. I have to at least try. All right, I, I would try to be more careful identifying when it's specifically a great family game, Travis. No, I, I actually liked that game. It was just I like Last Words a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm past that point too. There were a lot of games years ago that I used to play with my son or something that I, I probably wouldn't still play the same way today. It's interesting how that happens. Oh, I won They're so many dad though. points just for having the Kirby demo on the Switch when she got home from school, oh, yeah. like two weeks ago. <laughs> whenever that demo dropped, yeah, she was she loved that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. But kid, kid, games that you play with your kids can also just be fun. And also, you just, yeah, I, I like to just see what's out there and stuff I never, I would have never played Lost in Words if Hogue didn't bring it up on the show. So I'm, I'm grateful to yeah. uh, hey, expand one. my my uh, experience. No nice. doubt. Dan, you playing anything we need to touch on? Just Other running Grand over Theft Hobos. Auto. That's it. <laughs> nice. Grand Theft Auto? Hobo. Can't go wrong. No, it's been fun. It is a good, like, it's a well-designed yeah. game. Yeah, I need to get back to it. Can't believe that game was on the 360. That's the that last time I played it. Absurd to me. It's so yeah. funny because when you start up Gran Turismo 5, it gives you the flashback, and the flashback is nine years ago. And I was like, <laughs> nine years ago? Nine years ago is the launch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So let's jump over to Starfield. We got a uh, little five-minute kind of vid doc this week, if you will, around some further design aspects of Starfield. And there's been a few other kind of um, – they have unlisted videos on their channel there that if you have the link you can get to about its development that they're releasing once in a while. And I know uh, some of the sites have had those. We've had a couple of them out. But um, it, it, the timing on this was interesting because, as you know, Elden Ring's kind of taken over the conversation for a few weeks and, you know, it's been kind of at the forefront of – gaming and and it was interesting some of the wording they use when talking about starfield this week because it was very clear they were talking about uh player choice and a big open world where you can do whatever you want um but there's a lot of other interesting kind of comments about this game that i wanted to kind of get your guys thought on i think you know everyone knows skyrim of course we know skyrim has sold tens and tens of millions of copies it's a foundational game for bethesda probably their most played game of all time and, you know, I went back and researched uh, some of the uh, interviews with Phil Spencer, the stuff with Todd Howard and some of the things. And here's some of the quotes of what they're saying about Starfield, just for those who may not, you know, kind of be uh, following it uh, every step of the way. So. 
they said that it's going to be ground uh, have a grounding in science and that you'll be able to draw a line from today's technology to the game itself they wanted it to feel a little more realistic than just sci-fi fantasy um they said howard todd howard specifically said it's going to have two kind of uh memorable step out moments and he when people asked him what he meant there he said similar to when playing fallout and you're in the vault and you step out into the open world for the first time and see kind of the the landscape in front of you and kind of everything you can just go do now he said starfield has two specific points in it that will feel like that moment um they said they want to have a feeling of discovery and feeling as though you have an impact on the world around you they said they've really kind of focused in on uh, when you're in this world, you, you are, feel like you're a part of it and that you can impact it and change things within the game. Um, your actions will have, you know, uh, uh, consequences across the world. Um, and that is seemingly tied to some of these things similar in, in uh, design perspective to cyberpunk. It may have obviously different perm permutations throughout the game, but you can start with one of three groups. And I don't know how to pronounce these properly, but uh, Niocines, I think he said, is an idealized space republic group. You have the Free Star Collective, which is like a space western type thing, he said, which made me think of Firefly, funny enough. And the Ruchin Industries is like the corporate side of space travel. And when you create your character and start this game, you'll be one of those three you get to choose. And that creates a different starting location and different background and stuff for your character um there's obviously space pirates in the game they've talked about that previously and they said that you can join the pirates you can fight the pirates you can do whatever you choose kind of i would assume similar maybe like dark brotherhood style and skyrim again making assumptions here um but they said tied to all this as well is a brand new dialogue system where they really have focused and put a lot of time into this because they want again going back to player choice and they want it to be where the game doesn't kind of let you know what the correct decision is. They want there to be no correct decision. It's really about how you feel you should be playing the game and responding to characters. So I wanted to just kind of put that on the, on the table as some uh, contextual kind of uh, information about this game, because the larger question here is we keep hearing, we're going to hear more and more, obviously, as the year goes on about Starfield, we already know the, new ip for a very long time for bethesda we know the potential this game can have my bigger question for you guys is really around the things that are discussed here how important are they to you um how excited are you for this game and its potential and do you believe todd howard and phil spencer and other people when they talk about this game that they do believe this will be their biggest and most played game ever now most played game has an asterisk because you have Game Pass and you have all these different avenues. That's going to be a very hard thing to measure over years to come. But the question being, do you think Starfield can have the same level of impact on the gaming industry that Skyrim has had over the past decade? That was long-winded. I know. Sorry, but No, no, I like that. No. no. Uh, <laughs> Sci-fi does not have the same cachet with as big a demographic group as fantasy. Period. Okay. And we're done. Um, Moving on. <laughs> I, I, I don't like to just like commandeer time on this stuff. So I no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Comments thought, uh, you know, uh, short. Uh, no, look, I think everybody likes choice and be, having the notions that you could change the world and actually be the star of your own heroic story, etc. As far as I know, 
I haven't seen anything about Starfield really at all, other than people sitting around talking at a table or concept art and, and being talked over and things like that. So, so I view those as aspirational. I think some of those aspirations are in the right direction. Um, but I, to me, it's I'm going to have to see the I'm going to have to see the game, and I'm going to actually have to experience it because there's a lot of things that can say that you're going to change the world and you're going to have player choice, and they can yep. be done well, or they can be done poorly. I, I don't know whether Starfield will be any good. I haven't seen anything. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's the other that's the other thing that's kind of going around right now is we haven't seen enough of this game, and so it's it's all speculation right now and theoretical, and, and I think the people who are really excited for this game are excited for the prospect of what it could be, mm -hmm. but also understanding that Todd Howard's team, when they deliver on what we know they can deliver, uh, they've had some truly, you know, uh, industry changing games, right? Sure. Um, like Skyrim. Yeah. And it's so a prestige it, studio at this point, but that's the proper. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's the promise of what that can be. Now, obviously it goes without saying that, know we could have another cyberpunk situation as much right, as we went straight from witcher 3 to cyberpunk i mean like that's worth noting it that is those two games are in a row it is um so I mean, yeah I don't know. yeah but 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 that's true but bethesda also lives in a world where they also saw the cyberpunk yes. 2077 <laughs> release you know what i mean so i think i think that's uh they live in a different world than the world of cyberpunk I, I actually think were learned and yeah, they, I, I i actually think cyberpunk's uh release had a had a positive impact on the gaming the games industry specifically yeah. from the developer perspective because yeah. you can see that you don't Nobody gets their, their 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 W for free. You really have to earn it. Gamers are really good at keeping studios honest. Um, That's true. But I, I'm going to take the opposite view of Hogue, which is that I I am shocker. A, a, a I think it's totally I think it's totally <laughs> I think it's totally fine to be super psyched and have sky high expectations from a a studio with a proven track record like Bethesda. Um, and I think they can do it because. Hogue is correct that that sci-fi in the past has not had the same appeal that fantasy has had. Um, but the things that turn people off about science fiction, in my opinion, are kind of the mumbo jumbo. Um, the, the science fiction with a hard S on that science, a capital S, um, I think uh, has a, a broader appeal because it speaks to imagination and ambition and curiosity and the stuff that is like, really in our dna as a species of like wanting to see what's out there and that sort of stuff and i think that because they're not going for star wars i would say they're not even really going for star trek it seems like they're going for interstellar right like i, they I mean want... I, I say they're going for um uh god it has completely left my head star uh, citizen no the sci the sci-fi channel show that became an amazon show that i love to death expanse expanse thank you good lord expanse just, yeah, it just yeah. died it just <laughs> died in, in my head yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think they're going for something more realistic. And uh, um, I, I think it could, it could, I mean, any game could be that big industry shifting sure. game. You never know what's around the corner. But I think that from this studio with how much time they've put into it, with the confidence you kind of see from them having not put out anything at this point which is which is the the bethesda move they love that, that, that curtain draw they love that curtain draw i mean this is this is i i agree hoag sometimes show, not showing the game is is a bad sign but not from this studio typically okay. this studio this is their playbook like they don't show the game at all and then six months before it comes out they give you that blitzkrieg of like just every detail you've ever wanted and they show too much in my opinion uh, with with some of these uh, reveals right before, um, so I, I think I think it could get there, but 
Skyrim was a very specific type of game that came out at a very specific time in the industry and had this broad appeal and broad impact. And um, the stars would have to align perfectly for it to be as big as Skyrim. So obviously, yeah, the the pun, the pun obviously being sky's the the sky's the limit. Um, But uh, I like that. uh, Yeah. Guys well, let me defend myself. And you, just... you, you also can explode like uh, one of the space shuttles. So, let me. Uh, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> we went a direction there, Travis. With you. It, it can be either. <laughs> it can be either. You can reach for the stars, or you could explode on the land. I just, I just remember third grade suddenly, and also age yeah. myself in the process. So, no, I think no, I was in grade two. <laughs> um, I, I was definitely law school for Columbia. Um, so. I, the only thing I want to defend myself on at all there is that I have no problem with people actually getting excited or hyped about anything. Um, as long as the understanding is, is that maybe the product or service doesn't, doesn't meet those expectations because I do think there's value in being on this earth and living life with some positivity in your head. I'm looking forward to that thing and that that experience in and of itself is useful. Um, even if it disappoints at the end, I am not the cynic that says always be disappointed. I'm not giving the moral lessons of Spider-Man. Now I am always, always invested in having everybody be excited for everything. I'm just personally not because I don't have the same amount of confidence that you do in Bethesda proper and Todd Howard. And I, to me, it's, I think they'd have a better chance of success if it were star Wars, because that's fantasy. That isn't science fiction. And by going with the hard science fiction, which is at least what we can glean so far. I mean, they show pictures of scaffoldings. I think the original Starfield teaser had like a had like a, a solar uh, kite type looking thing uh, in, in, in yeah. the thing in the in the logo. So that to me is we're going to tell some hard sci-fi stories. We are going to link what we think we can do, and you'd actually have to build these with scaffolds and everything else. To me, that's that's a that's a higher barrier to entry than it's magic. <laughs> sure. We can teleport, light swords, swords. You know, you like swords? They're space dragons. I I don't think they're doing that. Um, and so maybe that would have been easier. And they they wanted to do something different. The transition to sci-fi is hard, and I honestly do think the audience is just smaller. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I want it to be great because I am invested in sci-fi, and I think maybe this particular bitcast and discussion is uh if we're announcing tilts we might all be science fiction nerds i know you and i are travis yeah so i mean like we have to take that into account which is like it's gonna work for me as a theme but i know sci-fi bounces hard off of people for sure yeah i'm, I'm definitely aware of that that uh barrier of entry and it's it is real but i, I think that there's there's been interest in a science fiction game with this sort of ambition for a long time yes look no further than star citizen which i yep. still think will never be the game that we were promised but <laughs> the amount of people who put their money into that and wanted that thing i mean that just shows you that perhaps the reason science fiction is uh it has not been as popular in gaming is because we haven't had that many good options, at least, especially in the open world. And the other thing is that while science fiction is, does not have a broad appeal, it does have a pretty broad appeal in the gaming community. So if you can get almost certainly cross over there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So if you can get most of the gaming community behind science fiction and behind a good, a game that's done well, I I think you can do it, but to your point, it's going to be a harder lift. And, and Skyrim is a really high bar to, to, to be. And it of came course. out at a perfect time in the console cycle and all that stuff that it, like literally the stars would have to align. So 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to stop with all the space puns, but yeah. Stars will have to align. No, I want they you to will. keep going. You got, like a, you got a notepad of these? So there, there's a few other things here that, you know, just to be clear on uh, what's driving some people's hype uh, uh, is first, if you weren't aware, right, there was the uh, stories reported that PlayStation was looking to secure this as a timed mm -hmm. exclusive for PS5 uh, prior to obviously the Bethesda acquisition and now it being Xbox exclusive on the console front. The other thing is that this is the first major engine update to Bethesda's core game engine since Oblivion, 2005. We're talking over 15 years. That's amazing. Yeah. So there <laughs> are zero problems with that. <laughs> Dude, well, engines, engines last longer than people. I mean, uh, Halo just got its first update. Yeah, I mean, they, they update pieces of them all the time. But like I was talking to uh, Archimedes on his show about the the shadowing and like the shadow and lighting engine specifically for shadows and detail, right? That is in That was in the engine prior to this game was literally used for the original Quake. That's how far oh, it goes. That's awesome. <laughs> so, no, that's awesome. Well, I will say one thing, though, that I, I think was in this five-minute roundtable that at least gave me pause, because I'm, I'm just the lawyer here. I'm just the cynic, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but like they talked about using photogrammetry techniques yes. on people. And at least until now, I personally have found off-putting having actors or motion cap people directly in games I, I don't like that look as much as something like horizon which is like changing things more fulsomely except for lance reddick of course um, like la noir <laughs> uh so la noir i like as a game like like the the model like i like the mystery solving no those people are strange man <laughs> uh but no I, and it could look great again i'm i haven't seen the darn thing uh, but when you say that, it's like, okay, so you're going for like super realistic faces. I I, I will definitely wait for the receipts there um, because I liked how Skyrim had effectively cartoony kind of looks to yeah, its it people. Like, I think that works. Works um, better in, in fantasy, though, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I think Mass Effect worked okay. And, you know, th that had some cartoony elements. The, we'll see. Uh, when I hear them using those techniques, and I haven't actually heard a video game company using those techniques in the same kind of concept for, for beings, for people, I say, okay, that, I, I want to see that because it could yeah. look very cool, uh, but I found it off-putting in other, in other use cases. Yeah, and that's why I brought it up is because they've been very clear that from the outset, right, their goals for this game could only really be achieved on the new consoles and, and kind of updated PCs, right? And so I, I've, I think that that's promising, if nothing else. Um, so we'll see. Let me get these super chats real quick. Yeah, let me finish my drink real quick. Hey, Hassan, the four ninety nine super chat. Uh, we're finally talking about real game, the real game. <laughs> yes, so. Hassan is uh, extremely excited for Starfield. He is uh, in wow. a DM chat I'm in pretty frequently, and he also mm -hmm. said above here, he said the slander on our Lord and Savior Todd. It just works, Howard. <laughs> Him and him and his, his leather jacket and his, his billion dollars he's probably got from that acquisition. Yes, he's yeah, yeah, he's doing okay. Uh, thank you, Son. Appreciate it. And uh, Sainu back with a another super chat as well. Yeah, the 299 Australian apparently. Cyberpunk, aka cyberspace. What could go wrong, right? Yeah, <laughs> man, I wish cyberpunk had more cyberspace in it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Tron, a little Tron, Tronification. Wow. So. Dan, you haven't commented yet. You said no right at the beginning of could it have the impact of Skyrim, but are, where well, are I, you on this game? I think that's unrealistic because there's not many games that have had that impact of that course. Skyrim has had. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be garbage. 
but I also remember Fallout 4. I also remember, you know, Fallout 76. You know, and, you know, Travis, That's you talk about these, these, well, yeah, it's, 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 I understand that the Fallout 4 was, but that's his last one. No, Fallout Four was that was them, yeah. But yeah, Fallout right. Four, remember, I'm I'm not a big a fan of Fallout Four as I was Fallout Three, but Fallout Four was very highly oh. regarded. Yeah, it it, but it was also was Fallout, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're what? What'd you say? I, I, was I was just, just asking for confirmation Wars. there because I tend to think like you, Dan. I think of Fallout Four as the as the uh, the hollow sequel oh. to a better uh, a better premiere. Right. I mean, I love I love Fallout Three, <clears throat> probably better more more so than Fallout Four, but it, it I remember just game breaking crap happening all the damn time to me and it was yeah. maybe it was just me and that, that that maybe it was nobody else you know i doubt it but that's still life yeah yeah but you know what i'm still super pumped for this game that's the thing you know it's it's i love these types of games um going back you know from morrowind all the way to here you know it's 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 yeah. I, I love these types of art you know rpgs i i i have semi-confidence in bethesda you know, but I also know that the bar is is not as high as it was before. You know, now this is all accepted bugs and crashes and all this other stuff. This is commonplace anymore. It's not like it's, you know, so I fully expect that stuff to happen. Um, it I will. just want it to be contained, you know, to where it's it's not over, you know, over the, you know, we, we've gotten to a point where we've, we have accepted these games are going to come out in uh, generally you know, and not all of them, but generally are going to have some problems, you know, when they launch and, 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 you know, more so than say when I started gaming back in, you know, on the Nintendo or, or the Atari, you know, it just worked. It was, it was the Todd Howard thing. It just worked. You know, <laughs> you, you didn't get patches and crap like that. You didn't get chances to go back and fix stuff that just screwed up. It just had to work when you got it. Um, now I, I fully expect this to be uh pretty big buggy mess but i also expect it to be awesome so you know i'm i'm my my hype levels aren't like through the roof but this is going to be one of those games i think that are you know i don't think it'll define anything i don't think it'll be industry defining by any means you know but who the hell knows you know todd howard might surprise everybody or he might not i have no clue man because i've seen nothing i have no idea what this game is about it's hard I to talk about it is years. yeah i think so it is curious, right? Because I, you can tell that even they are aware of the expectation of bugs and bugginess, right? Because in multiple interviews now, Todd has specifically called out that this game was code complete a year ago. Um, and that really they're spending this entire year plus polishing uh, and just getting it ready for launch. And, and That's great that they haven't managed to leak anything. A year of QA. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty yeah. Impressive. But you, you know, know and, and, and you can believe that and you can believe that as you will. There's Was that? Cyberpunk do the same thing. Didn't no. they weren't they weren't they supposed to come no, out? No. Cyberpunk, I think, was being coded as the game was come like yeah. actually being digitally shipped yeah. to you. Don't I you think remember Cyberpunk they, was code complete oh, a right, month yeah. ago? Yeah. Don't you, don't you remember <laughs> they had a three-week delay just before release saying we still yeah. need to squash more bugs? And everyone's like, a three-week delay is not enough time to, to fix. I thought there were yeah. more than just one delay, wasn't there? There was yeah, there were multiple uh, yeah, there were delays. Cyberpunk but... got delayed five times, I believe. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. There are multiple delays, but yeah, that's that's, that's completely about. different than saying a game's code complete. That's well, what is that actually mean? the that's actually the opposite. Code, code complete means code complete means that the game right now you can sit down and play it as it will exist at launch fully. 
Oh. Uh, what it means is that while you're doing that, you're probably running into the bugs we're referring to. You might fall through the floor. You might have a quest fail. You might have stuff fall out of your inventory. All those things that um, they have to polish. That's where polishing phase comes in. Bugs. Yeah. So they're Good. saying that they're spending basically a year plus just getting the game ready for launch. They're making all those big patches that we'd otherwise get at, at day zero and three months yeah. and six and nine and 12. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what they're saying. Now, Yeah. whether or not that, that <laughs> happens, we'll see, of course, but that's what they're saying. Uh, um, that's all aspirational. And by the way, it's on, on your question of who will play, I do think everybody's going to pop their heads in. I, game Pass numbers don't for matter sure. for anything to me. Uh, you know, it, it's like, yeah, there's 18 million Horizon 5 players. That's great. I, I Talk to me about engagement long term. People will pop their heads into the next big thing on Game Pass. Absolutely, they will. Of course, you do yeah. have to subscribe to Game Pass to play it, though. So it's not free. It's not, it's not nothing. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. my my, my one dollar runs out in April, man. I right when right no additional cost. <laughs> one dollar. Um, yeah, it's this is going to be interesting, man. I'm really, I, I am, I am really excited for this game to see what I am really excited to, and I think I'm going to be reviewing it. So. I have to figure out. I hope they give us enough time for a game this big. Oh, they will. Have you, have you re- <laughs> reviewed a Bethesda game before? Death Loop, which I got mm. forty-eight hours. Yeah, no, not that, not that. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, so the I've I've reviewed like Bethesda proper games before, and usually you get them like three weeks, a month in advance. Like oh, you sweet. get you get a lot of time. Um, right. So we know I, to hit uh, we know to hit Travis in October. We'll, we'll right. I, I actually also reviewed Fallout 76. I believe my tagline for that game was Worst Virginia. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> you and Probably. I share a love of puns. Yeah, we should do. We should do. Let me get this super chat from Sarko in the house. Sarko. Space Skyrim. Skyrim in space. Need it? Want it? Gotta have it. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give Skyrim in space. I, they don't I don't even know. They don't even need to show anything. They should just yeah. they, should, they can just drop the game. People are pumped. Although oh, I will yeah. mention, I will mention, they do not call it that. They do not market it this way. You'll notice they do not. They say don't mar- They don't market it. But Todd Howard has said that. He has said it, of course. Yeah. 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 Didn't he have an interview where he said the easiest way to think about it is a Skyrim in space? Yeah. Doesn't he That's actually say those words? Yes. But I think that they are trying to. They're trying to distance themselves yeah. from that statement. <laughs> yeah. But they, of course, are saying from the team that brought you Skyrim, which goes without of saying. Of course. Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't they say that? Yeah. For the game so, who brought for the team who brought you Skyrim on your refrigerator. Um, <laughs> and Sarko, thanks, brother, for the super chat. Sarko is a yeah, huge, huge Skyrim fan, if you couldn't tell. So I don't want to take anybody's excitement away. Be pumped. Yeah. Life too short. Of course, always. And speaking <laughs> of being pumped, we're going to transition now because we got the first kind of full look at hogwarts legacy this week ah things i am pumped for all right so hogwarts legacy uh this game has been in development for a long time Um, oh man and we haven't seen it yet you know we kind of there was a lot of speculation about it i remember travis i don't know if you but they had a there was a, a spot in the convention center where there's a huge banner on a wall for hogwarts legacy in 2019 and i'm like it's 2022. We're finally seeing it three years later. It was just uh, that guy standing at the cliff's edge, and you could see. Well, I, I, I want to say yeah. it was Kotaku, but I might be wrong. Where somebody like leaked a test audience in a mall for this for what is clearly now Hogwarts Legacy. Like I want to yeah. say it was like 2018. Oh yeah, it's maybe earlier. Time. It's been in dev a long time. So uh, we got the PlayStation State of Play this week. It showed a good, uh, I think it was like 15 minutes of full gameplay. They covered all the different aspects of the game. And the funny thing is, I, I, well, here where you guys stand, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I think 
by time by the time that got really big it was it was past me right i was too i was older um mm -hmm. so i i certainly respect it i know how big it is i know how meaningful it is to a lot of people out there um but having all said that i said previously i think on this show at some point i said if this is like an rpg where you can create your own wizard and experience hogwarts in like an open world that could really sell me and that's exactly what we got have you seen Hell the video yeah. views on this thing yeah I, oh my god I, it's so yeah i am uh i i was surprised i don't know about you guys i was very surprised at how interested i became as it went on and i'm also surprised at how much they're seemingly um building into this game right this is a what looks to be a very large game that ties not into a lot of the uh not only a lot of the harry potter lore but expands upon it uh broadens the world you can go to classes and spells i don't need to describe everything in the video but um it uh it just it really intrigues me i was like okay i can create my own wizard i can learn spells i can explore and discover secrets like i'm in man i i thought this was great yeah I, it looks like they poured resources into it um i was hopeful from the tease on this um that this was what it was uh but it uh it seemed it seems impossible. I mean, it, it seems like there's a lot of real time and energy and development put into this game. Um, we know Warner Brothers has has had difficulty getting releases done through the pandemic. I mean, they've had delays all over the place. Um, so I think a number of us, I think we talked about this. We were concerned that Hogwarts wouldn't even be this year and it might still not be. I think February is really the most likely landing spot for anything really? announcing holiday 2022. Uh, but it's clearly something that they're comfortable showing it. I've described the assassin, the current Assassin's Creed as teen Witcher. This feels <laughs> like Witcher is an inspiration again uh, for these kinds of things. By the time you get to go around to Hamlets and everybody has their own story with missions and things like that, I'm like, uh-huh. Okay, cool. Um, and so I, I looked at that. I was blown away. I haven't been that moved in terms of from where I was before the video started to where I was when it ended in a long, long time. I mean, Me That's in a point. while. So I, I'm too old for the Harry Potter, like <laughs> guy screaming people kind of thing. Oh, I'm gonna have uh, a unique but, uh, experience on this one. Okay, but, but my younger sister was really into it. Um, and so I, I remember actually having to run in the day one of them released, I wanna say Goblet, and actually like see if we could find one in the Chicago metro area um that I, I i was jumping out of the car to try to get one for my sister because we were we were elsewhere and um so i i recognize how big it was uh this if i i, I tweeted out that if this gets good scores it's going to sell a bunch if this gets anything but it's broken mess it's going to sell a bunch yes because it's the fantasy right and i don't mean fantasy like magic and dragons and elves and everything it's the fantasy it's it's one of those brands that people would love to live in and this game is aimed directly at trying to achieve that in a way that, frankly, I, Star Wars, I don't, there's no games that really have this kind of aim and intention. Uh, and if they can pull it off, I'm so thrilled for the people that are adamant Harry Potter fans, but I'm thrilled for all of us because that's the kind of thing that I love to see companies throw their effort at. Um, and I'm super excited, as, as you could probably tell. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Travis, please com comment, and Dan as well. I'm sorry, I have to step away for two minutes. I'll be right back. Sure. But keep going. Oh, wow, he's going to step away. He doesn't care about my opinion. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess, I guess my perspective is pretty unique here, which is that uh, 
I am part of the Harry Potter generation. I think I was in third grade when the first Harry Potter book came out, um, which is like the perfect age to be right, when that you're comes right out. On the ages? I yeah, was okay. like right there. Yeah, I was right there. So it, yeah, I was I was like Harry Potter's actual age when uh, when that book as they were growing. Um, but that said, I was kind of too much of a nerd to be a Harry Potter guy because uh, by third grade I was already reading Lord of the Rings and. Uh, which is a much more challenging book. And also yes. just like the world, the world building is, is way better in, in Lord of the Rings. So I was kind of looking at Harry Potter, like, like you guys are into that kid stuff, or, you know, and I had, I had like criticisms about the world because of course I did. That was my entire personality when I was that age. So I was like, it's basically an apartheid, you know, that like the muggles and the, you know, the, just all the, <laughs> all the stuff I had to say about that book. So I was kind of like too nerdy to really be into it, but I, I did read them all as they came out and I had that, uh, that kind of connection to them. So I I've, I've sort of been like a casual Terry Potter, not really a fan dabbled in all of it, but I knew that this game was going to be good because I have a friend in the games industry Chandler uh, who I met through destiny. We both covered destiny for years and we're big fans of it. And he quit his job as the editor in chief of an outlet to go work at this company. And he was actually one of the guys featured on the video. He was one of the oh, people nice. getting interviewed in the video. So I, I was, as soon as he quit his job to go work on this game, I knew it was going to be a great game because he had seen stuff I hadn't seen. And I was like, I, I just, I trust him enough to know that this game is going to be fantastic. So my hype levels were probably higher than most people. And boy did it not disappoint like I, I i was watching it with my girlfriend who's also she's even younger than me and is a huge harry potter fan um she was like ecstatic everything i'm kind of a sucker for games where you have to go to school i don't know why but that's like such a cool mechanic you have to juggle kind of like schoolwork. you know persona does it really well um stuff like that so um yeah i i was really fan i do, I do have some stuff i'm worried about one i don't know if you guys thought this as well but the combat looked so so to me you know it's a little it's a little i love awkward. the animations yeah the animations the animations. i couldn't i couldn't yeah. tell whether they were holding people back for demo purposes yeah yeah um, it, kind of, it kind of looked like a little stiff and it's, it's just weird waving a wand around as a combat mechanic i don't think there's any real way around that and then the other thing was the the broom gliding to me looked real rough like the just kind of like no it no resistance just kind of flowing the the cape the the you know the robes weren't like flowing the wind or anything it kind of looked very uh odd to me so hopefully they'll they'll hammer some of that out but overall the ambition for this game is fantastic just how much they're trying to take on and how much they they seem to have put in the game so i'm uh i'm very excited for this to come out and uh chandler if you're watching this man i'm proud of you <laughs> my destiny bro uh yeah, and a really awkward time for ains to come back but uh you can you can watch uh, you can you can watch this after it's on YouTube and catch up. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm I'm very excited for this game and and have a connection to it that I think is is cool. Awesome, glad I caught all that. Thank you, Travis. Yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> I'm I, I, I've read all the books. I've watched all the movies. That's about awesome. my experience with it. So yeah, this is going to be cool. I think um, being able to create your own character and go through Hogwarts, if this is what it is. I want to see, are they going to do a bunch with Quidditch? I didn't see that part, maybe. You know, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to see a little bit of that. Not trying to, like, out, you know, out-nerd anybody here, but, you know, that was kind of some of my favorite parts of the movie for some reason. Of course. Got to yeah. that sport had rules that made sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Harry you know, Potter's I mean, universe doesn't make sense at all. Like I can yeah. pick it apart right now and go on a huge diatribe, but yeah, Quidditch is the I get it. It's a, it's a kid's fable for the most part, but man, that golden snitch value as a sports lover, for I'm sure. like none of this that what? You should have like six seekers. <laughs> go go, go sure. get that go get that snitch. Yeah, I mean the the only concerns I have about it, it, it did look a little bit the graphics looked a little dated, maybe. Uh, and maybe that's an earlier build. So it's not Horizon. Uh, I mean, I think that jumps out. Yeah, the, the faces yeah, are not sure. where we're at right now, and that goes been, to like yeah. a length of development. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say it's cross gen and been in dev for a long time. That's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna happen. Um, but I'm excited for it. It's actually it's supposed to come out right probably right, right around the same time as what was it? There was a date release, wasn't it? It was in October, like holiday. 20, no, just holiday. no, just holiday. Holiday 2020, which yeah, is, I mean, it's Valentine's is a Day. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, especially if Starfield releases at the same time. So. Valentine's Day. Yeah, it would be a great Valentine's Day game, honestly. I, I just, I, I've been telling them, just stuff. assume it's February, and if they hit earlier, great. I, you know, the one thing that's happened over the last few years is that January and February is not a dead zone. You can sell plenty. Yeah, and so, sure. I, if it needs it, it's it's February. I yeah, mean, like that, sure. that, that's just what's going to happen. I will yeah, say one so. thing that excites me about this game is, and I don't know if you guys have this view, but um, I really like it when when a certain game, because of its power, makes the the gaming community bigger. And this feels like one of those games that's about to bring about to bring a lot of non gamers into the gaming world. Like mm. I, you know, my, like my girlfriend was super stoked about it, but also her sister, who doesn't game at all, was like, "Oh my god, I saw the trailer! Like, have you guys seen this?" And it's just like stuff like that where. 12 million views on YouTube, I think it was, for this 15-minute video, which is, like, long in YouTube, uh, you know, minutes, is, uh, is like, super exciting. I'm, I'm just wondering how many people we're going to add to the, the gaming community with this game because I, I feel like its reach is going to be enormous. I agree completely. My daughters, who yeah. obviously play games because I'm a gamer, but they clapped at the end of this thing. It is not a normal <laughs> reaction for them. <laughs> so yeah, the, for sure. The, uh, let's see, the... State of play is at four and a half million views from two days ago. The reveal trailer is almost at 30 million. Yeah, the tease, the tease was at 28 million, like right out of the blocks. It was, yeah, god, that's 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 disgusting. And that's just the PlayStation channel, right? That's not all the other companies or WB games or IGN or anyone else. That's just PlayStation. That's like one bitcast video, (laughs) right? right. We 28 Uh, million a little low for us, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those days. Yeah, yeah. twenty million. Um, <clears throat> so that's cool. We we uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I hope it's really good. Uh, it says holiday to to Rick's point. We'll see if they actually hit that or not. Uh, we do know the only ones we really know in terms of kind of big. I was thinking about this big AAA games that are have set release dates for this fall are Starfield, which we talked about obviously, and Gotham Knights which is uh, October as well or October twenty first, something like that. And remember. God of War is supposed to come <laughs> this fall as well. Whether or not it actually hits, we'll see. But that's another one I could see maybe hitting in March I keep, or I keep April. I thinking or it's in March or April. I, I swear to God that, that that's like the. It just the seems like that's where it belongs. You know what is I mean? Is that where like, God of War came out? Well, God of yes. War one. It came out. In the yep, spring. it came out in that yeah. slot in May, I believe. It came out yeah. in the old Returnal slot. The yeah. old Returnal. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was May, but I could be wrong. But yeah, so we'll see. Uh, either way. Um, 
but it, it's it's going to be interesting, no doubt. Um, we got another super chat from Gecko Gamer. Gecko, you are out of control, hey, my friend. You need to relax, man. Yeah, yeah. Believe me, and and while we certainly appreciate it, uh, if you do already super chat, I I do kind of keep an eye to see if you're following up with additional comments. So don't feel like you have to. While we love it, don't feel like you have to super chat four and, and four four and five times for the kids. <laughs> Gecko Gamer, thank you again, sir. Hogue. Star Citizen also, also markets itself in a similar way. I'm not sure. Got to believe that's for Starfield. For Starfield, yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm maybe around the. No, I'm not sure what that's referring to. Gecko, just put it. Don't super chat again, please. Just, just go ahead, put it in the chat. What kind of expand upon that, and we'll we'll discuss it because I'm not sure what you mean by that one. Kind of disagree if he's referring to Star uh, Starfield, though. I don't. I think yeah, different marketing strategies. Yeah, well, Star yeah Star Star Citizen is a whole nother. I don't yeah. even know if you call that a marketing strategy. So much <laughs> as, uh, he, he I don't might, know, but it worked, whatever he did. I mean, it might be a reference to hard sci-fi versus soft or fantasy sci-fi. That's true. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so let me see where we're at here. Uh, we got the ID at Xbox Showcase this week. Uh, Tunic finally released after years of anticipation. Oh, and there's so a few good. other games. Uh, I mean, there were several other games kind of during that presentation that uh, – you know, caught my interest. A couple of them, just to name a few, is Trek to Yumi, um, mm. which has, uh, just looks interesting, right? Uh, Flintlock Siege of Dawn is A44 Games, the developers of Ashen. And Dan, I was laughing about when me, you, and Bert, when I played Ashen and you and Bert were commenting on it oh. years ago. So we have a whole, we actually have an old whole playthrough of Ashen that I did for the Season Gaming channel where Bert and Dan just commented on it while I was playing, which is funny. Um, <laughs> So I was just going to ask you guys quickly if, uh, one, if you're playing Tunic, uh, and two, uh, any a game in this showcase kind of jump out to you or interest you? I'll start. No and no. <laughs> I don't play indies. But not that they're not great, and I played enough Tunic to know that it just completely crushed my soul. Um, I was really expecting something different, and the last demo just kind of showed me that I expected the wrong thing. So... Good luck, Tunic. Uh, good luck, <laughs> Indies. Uh, I don't play you, but I appreciate you. Andy. You have. You well, have how been... do you not play Indies? I don't. That's such a no. broad. It's such it's a, a huge of brush time. to paint with. Yeah, I mean, I'm not any Indies. I. You know what? When my game of the year, like, two isn't years Hitman ago was, an uh, Indie? Technically, uh, no. Self published. I don't want to talk to you anymore. No, they're published I mean, by Square, <laughs> isn't it? No. What was the? What was the? It used to be the Pathless. That game was a really, really good game, which I would consider technically an indie game. Uh, so there, there, there's every once in a while, there's one that comes out. I'm just like, oh, hey, this is good. Uh, but normally I'm just like, yeah, I can't deal with this shoddy production value. You know, oh. I've got these amazing AAA games <laughs> over here that are just You just, just talked about how buggy they are. I, listen, <laughs> not all of them. Listen, I, I, all I do is go back and play like these huge games. Right before uh, Horizon came out or after, I'm not sure which one, uh, I was playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla again through the yeah. whole thing brand new you know played it before there's Elden that surprises there. there's, me that yeah. surprises well i mean it's seven it's a good game you know just plus i was <laughs> i was getting ready for the new like dlc which i probably won't buy now because it's not really dlc you'll be you'll drop it in half in like next month yeah you can yeah give it, give it a couple of weeks yeah also I, I did look it up ains and and hitman 3 is self-published because they bought their independence remember a couple years they ago did. so they did. io io interactive published their game which means hitman 3 is an indie value. game which means dan <laughs> likes indie games uh, there you go I, the defense rests yes 
but I am sad for you, Dan, because you've been talking. What is about independence? Tuning. Dan has been talking about tuning for three Ugh. years, yeah. four years. Since it was announced, I was so pumped because it looked like yeah. Zelda and a fox, and I was yeah. like, "This is perfect. This is like the next step of the evolution that I wanted to see from." A I'm Zelda. totally gonna back Dan up on this, yeah. all by the yeah. way. Yeah, and then I played the demos, and I was just like, I. I <laughs> I, I can download it on Game Pass, but I'm not even going to bother because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get really, really mad and get more disappointed than before. So I figure well, if I just ignore it and uh, pretend like it doesn't exist, then I'm good. So hey, I, I hadn't played Tunic demos. I had I knew it was the Fox game with like the little you know shift to tilt shift uh, uh, isometric geometry game. I, I a thousand percent was not expecting what this thing is. Right? I, there are so many. Um, I don't know, like Fez vibes, like that kind of, um, I don't know, intellectual snooty indie game kind of feel <laughs> to, to a tunic um, that I wasn't expecting. Uh, and so I, I probably won't play it much longer. I totally get why it, some people like it more than I do. Um, but I was I was expecting Zelda as a fox. I, I was expecting yeah. something sim- significantly simpler um as as a concept and uh that's that's a marketing issue which is solved by game pass uh because you go and download it uh but i do think that there was there was a bit of a disconnect because i knew enough to to be hey it's the fox game uh and then you get in there and the language isn't there and then you're you're doing like i I don't know like souls combat a little bit um and and avoiding things in a bullet hell scenario i mean there's like okay this is this is not what I thought it was. And uh, yeah, probably I have other things to play that are more what I thought they were. Uh, yeah, that's, that is interesting. And I think you're right. Game Pass kind of uh, helps that problem to begin with. But I, I would suspect that you guys are definitely not alone. That, you know, people are going into this game not expecting it to kind of push back as hard as it does and to be as kind For of sure. obtuse as it can be. Um, I think and, it might be yeah. the, uh, the, the presentation more than... Because I, I can't really... And granted, I, I I'm kind of speaking out of turn here because I I did not did not follow this game's marketing very much at all. But I, I feel like they didn't make any promises that of like it, it of oh, no. telling people that it was going to be what it was. I think it's really just the fact that you it's play a, a little a little cute fox with cute, cute graphics, fox. and and he's he has a sword and shield just like Link, and he's wearing a green tunic. It looks yeah, like a little, a, a yeah, little adventure game. It just it just, game. It just makes like you think game. like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be out here uh, here uh, breaking pots and you know doing stuff like that, and then yep. you play the game and you're like what (laughs) this is way more difficult but from my perspective i just saw some trailers and i thought okay it looks like an interesting interesting adventure game and then i read uh, ryan mccaffrey's review and i was like dang this is gonna be awesome and then i downloaded it so um yeah i I think i think it probably is just the way it presents is like a little bit misleading but you think it's super happy lucky tale yeah, I mean, I, you Super do. <laughs> you do. I actually saw people posting Lucky That's Tale. That's an like, underrated oh, game, by the way. I'll defend it's that great. game. It's great. I, but I was in the – look, I will tell you right now. I started Tunic with my youngest daughter because I'm like, wait, hey, we'll do this together. <laughs> and and we're, we're like we're like an hour in and she's like, I – what? I don't – they got all the words wrong and you need to fight everything. And I'm like, well, it's only fighting. Uh, okay, we should play something else. Wow. <laughs> that was she's like, scary. yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Well, that's I'm, my gonna, fault. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this game. I'm I'm very excited. I don't really have time for it now because I still have to finish Elden Ring. But 
uh, you know, once I once I got time, it's it's definitely on the top of the list of, for my backlog. So Angel as as, as is Stranger Paradise and all the other games I'm never going to get to until the end. Of the I, I played it for about an hour, and I've you know I've gotten a little. I haven't gotten to the first main boss yet. I've just kind of you haven't got bit. It. What? No, yeah, I haven't. Got bit no, yet, no, 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 I haven't. Uh, so we'll see. I, I, like I said, I'm really into Gran Turismo right now, and you know I'll come back to it. But it it hasn't grabbed me. No, I mean like it, it's the difficulty doesn't. You know, I I like difficult games, especially difficult indie games. I love them, but it, it just there's something about it that really hasn't interested me that much. We'll see. Hmm. Um, that cold Zelda open is hard. I mean, we we talk about it not being Zelda, but it it opens like Zelda. It does. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's hard. You got to do something to make sure that you want to be in there. Be yeah. in that world. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, by the way, Gecko did get back to us. And he said, Hogue said that Hogwarts Legacy tries to promise a world to live in. Star Citizen did this also, although way okay. more aggressively. That's what he was referring to. He said a lot I of the market. Uh, sorry. A lot of the marketing is aimed at the different kind of jobs you can do, whether it be space pirate, freighter, or something else. That's Starfield, though. Oh, or no, I guess he's no, talking Star about Star Citizen. Citizen. Yeah, Citizen sorry. does that as well. And, and not a knock against Hogwarts, per se. So. Well, I, yeah, I don't... I, they're obviously different models uh, of game, and they're aimed at different people. But I do think... I'm always enthused about a game studio showing the ambition to say, you can live here. And that's, you know, the No Man's Sky marketing back way back when, with whatever you want... Whether you want to characterize those as lies or not. Uh, uh, that everything else that's been said, Star Citizen... I, you know, honestly, the business model is too fruitful, not finishing itself. So, you know, you take it, take it with that grain of salt. Uh, this has that same kind of ambition. I like the word ambition. I like ambitious for what that video was for Hogwarts Legacy, because the, the dream is I want to go be Harry Potter. And for sure. you could, you, in an interactive medium, you have the capability of doing that, but it's going to cost a lot of money and a lot of time. And so we don't often see studios taking that crack uh, at something, especially on a licensed property where they don't collect necessarily everything you know uh, where, yeah. where those monies go and so i'm enthused by warner brothers saying screw it we're gonna let you live at hogwarts and yep, it, if it comes up with the with the same kind of level that they put in that video it's going to be amazing and if it comes up a little less it's still gonna be good uh, so i'm very excited about it yeah i think very the whole well like you're gonna live here is kind of an overused like you know marketing yeah. trope or aspirational Agreed. trope but in this case it's like yeah, that's exactly what players have always wanted from a Harry Potter game, and nobody's yeah. even really tried it. Like we've right. gotten some pretty bad heart, uh, uh, Harry Potter games in the past, and this one looks like they're finally doing it right. And and that's just well, the stuff that awesome. jumps out right to me is that like, oh, you're going to visit Hogsmeade. You're going to if you're going to be the fifth year, and we're going to go through the seasons, which to me is like part mm -hmm. of the Harry Potter experience. Totally, it's like you're a year at that place. And Getting your class chosen, that's crazy. I have no idea how they're going to pull that off. The fact think, that you can be in Slytherin or, or Gryffindor. But, but like, imagine, imagine the brilliance of that, right? Because as soon as everyone starts this game and creates their wizard, yes, it's going to be everything on social media is going to be, what class did you get? Where, exactly. where did you get sorted? Where did you get and sorted? And what's happening with the different stories? And I, yeah. I'm wondering, well, I was like, actually asking my daughters this. I'm like, I'd be willing to bet you pick your house. Uh, <laughs> that's but what really? I would say too. I, I would say you, you would. I know what it showed on the on the thing, but I would yeah. say you're probably more apt to either prior to getting the sorting hat put on you, you would probably answer a set of questions. That's that, what I think. That will. Yeah, that and remember will, how Harry Potter works, right? That. He's the one that says not Slytherin, not Slytherin. I think you could easily have a, a dialogue or whatever sure. that is you suggesting Correct. the house. Uh, I think it'd be I, better I, if I it picked it, and then you. And then there was like I, a three-hour part that you would have to redo. 
that way it really locks you into no I, I i think i think what they'll do is <laughs> they'll, cool. they'll they'll have they'll have the questionnaire like you're saying dan where where you'll get a suggestion and then you have the ability right. to override it you know sure, something sure. like that I, I think they'll probably do that but it but it, like my question is does your house like drastically change like the story like are you going to be in different you know, uh, talking to different main NPCs, classes, and stuff like that. different classes, classes. Like I, I'm wondering like how, how big of a deal. Cause if it, if that's a big divider, this game is going to be amazing. Yeah. Like next level if it's big, but I, I kind of think it probably won't. I don't they know, show the different halls. I, I, and I think if you were being realistic, you'd have like one main NPC that was different. That was your person. Like McGonagall is, is yeah. Gryffindors and that kind of thing, but they got to, there's only so many assets in the world. Totally, so totally. You got to, you got to, you got to pipeline people back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, and it, it's the other interesting part of that, right? Is that they talked about specific NPCs that you'd have, you know, Mass Effect style relationships with. They got to come with you. They got, they got to be in your house in order to For have sure. those relationships. Yeah. In all likelihood. I'm wondering. So, I'm wondering how. How. I, I really hope they do social links. I feel like that's also part of Harry Potter is like making friends at the school. So I'm kind of hoping they'll have social links. And obviously my girlfriend who's big into dating Sims was like, they better have romance options, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I think that would be good. You're in your fifth that's year. Possible. I mean, that's, they made that's 15, the time, right? That's they the made time, him 15. Yeah. So it's like right there. Right uh, on the cusp. You can kiss a girl, but that's not it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah I think mean, that's the legal age for kissing. I, would, I yeah, I was. I, mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't know. I was. I was a grown man by the time <laughs> it, I got kissed. But, uh, it it yeah. checks what state you live in when it gives you your romance <laughs> 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 you me, oh, me and Dan in Kansas oh, can apparently you get that marry. Warning uh, at the top of your yeah. PlayStation: the following scene is blocked for recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, oh my god too funny yeah I, I yeah we i i don't know how we went from id at xbox back to hogwarts i think there's uh, yeah. a super chat, yeah. it's a super yeah. chat. Yeah. and the, the corporate guy in me of course i'm watching this going like oh my god that is so dlcable like that is that <laughs> that sure. is so expandable yeah uh the the, the bean counters the business people are like oh oh we you know it's it's this mini adventure over here it's a new class you could dlc yeah. the crap out of that yep. game. i am happy that they're not doing games as a service though i mean this is very clearly like a one and done single player yeah. game and, that they, and they did confirm there's for... no microtransactions no microtransactions no multiplayer yes so let's uh, yep. love it this yeah. game's gonna as you already i think we already all said this game's gonna sell like bonkers um it's it, gonna go crazy after the show it was very clear why we got a playstation state of play for a third party game because playstation obviously recognized how big this game is going to be and nabbed it up so and it's yeah. it's important to point out it'll be everywhere they also they they, <laughs> yes. they shadow announced a switch version they did for god's sakes it, it, so. it will be everywhere but the people the 30 million people who now saw this on playstation many of whom are probably not proper core gamers are not going to know that and they're going to be playing it on playstation be willing to bet it's like an 80 percent margin yep. you know buys it for two reasons now to associate it with their brand and to keep yep. it off game pass yeah for sure for sure 100 yeah. or or you know maybe you can only be hufflepuff on the PlayStation. Don't even offer that stuff. Oh, so no more Sony guys taking notes. I don't know how much that would affect the numbers though, Dan. Maybe maybe they yeah, should have fought for a different different uh school. <laughs> yeah. Gryffindor has to be multi-plat. It's the negotiations are very specific. Yeah. You can have Pufflepuff with Sony. Yeah. How about that? It's basically a different color scarf. They promised to work on it more than Spider-Man and the Avengers. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Um, 
All right. Last thing I want to mention, uh, and I just found this interesting because it is still one of the most popular games in the world, of course, is that Fortnite launched their new season today. Mm-hmm. It launched this morning. And for a limited time, they removed building from it, which has been something that players like me, who don't necessarily mind Fortnite, but hate the building aspect of it in the competitive space, um, you know, have, lots of people have asked about that. And they were like, you know, there's always been this conversation of should Fortnite remove building? And there's people like me who say yes. And there's others who say, no, it's fundamental to the game. And you go back and forth. But regardless, it seems like they're experimenting with removing buildings. So at least I think it's for like the next five days or seven days. There's no building in the game. It's got to be a mode. Instead, yeah, they've, they've added clambering and different maneuverables. There's now a sprint boost. So they're they're changing the movement dynamics of the game to move away from building in this probably what will end up. You get like an overshield and some other stuff like that too, I think. Yeah. They, so, you know, th- this is going to be interesting because I think you're right. Hogue. I think it's going to be a separate mode where you have two different, completely different play styles. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see where people kind of end up. Um, Cause this, this kind of thing kind of, I mean, it's a little bit different, but I've always, been a proponent of a pve only server and sea of thieves and i've always wanted to see what it would be like just for like a week or two to see what the actual because you're going to have people that are the builders right and they're going to be like okay well all these other people that were that couldn't build just left and went over to this one now we have nobody to kill because now we have people that are playing this that are on our skill level and all of a sudden we have to be better (laughs) then they're going to be mad which i think is the same thing that would happen in pvp like a pvp only or a pv you know well if you took out some of the pve players from sea of thieves you'd have those pvp players getting mad because those PVEers that are in there just searching and doing treasure hunting and stuff like that aren't there because they lack the skill to have these combats in a combat system that is not great anyway it's Um, it's it's like when they added skill-based matchmaking to call of duty people flipped out right right yeah, suddenly I mean, they're it, having to face people of their skill level rather than group of people flipped out yes i mean i roll around sea of thieves playing my accordion on the bow trying <laughs> trying to establish that i am no threat because again I, my, my daughters care. show up a lot in these kinds of things but especially when they were much younger sea of thieves i'm like trying to not just you know kill murder and steal and so we would go and we would play our musical instruments at the front of our ships and then we would generally get popped uh, in the in the face, uh, but I, Dan, I would play PBE Sea of Thieves in two seconds. You say, "Well, the title doesn't make any sense." I do not care. Yeah, Don't. yeah. I I just think it's part of the pirate fantasy. I, I yeah. I'm against. I'm on That's the worst excuse. You're against. against giving me the worst. option to enjoy. Yeah, the option. In a separate no. mode. I, would, I, I I'm actually I'm actually rather su- I'm actually rather supporting the developer's <laughs> vision for the game, which is a world wherein uh, pirating is is a core mechanic to the game. And well, they I, can I, enjoy I, their I, vision without me. <laughs> for sure, for sure, and you don't you don't have to play the game. And I think they've been successful anyway. Yeah, um, and, seventy-six. Let's pay ten for their free for. A I just server. don't get the world's for best ocean. Work. I would like to chop just sail around. Yeah, well, yeah, you can. Awesome. You can sail around. You just, you know, every couple hours, you're going to get popped. Um, <laughs> it's true. I, I th- yeah, I think, um, I think the the same thing can be said for Fortnite actually, which is that I think the building is the thing that made them different 
it's been there from the beginning. And, uh, you know, I, I reviewed Fortnite weirdly, which is a weird thing to say because it was not a Battle Royale. I reviewed a, 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 I reviewed a decent co-op game. And then like a month after it came out, everybody was like, it's the biggest game in the world. And it's a Battle Royale. And I went, what? Like, yep. I don't remember that at all. That wasn't even <laughs> in the game. So uh, I, it's yeah, helpful I, to get I, all the data of the Battle Royale that's really yeah. succeeding. Yeah, I, I do think that they're chasing a game that they aren't, which is this like competitive shooter. And I really don't think that they have the shooting chops to survive that way. Personally, I think that the fact that it's, it's got the building and it's kind of like quirky and a little bit cartoony and all that stuff is part of its success. So obviously I'm okay with it being a mode if that's the developers want to go, but I really don't think they're going to find success there because if you like a battle Royale, that's about like a hardcore, like straight up shooting game, like you have other options and they're a lot better. So I, I just, I don't think that that's the I path. disagree with Travis entirely. I know that's a rarity here on this channel. <laughs> uh, but I think you could have a goofball Fortnite. I, agree, I I do agree with you entirely that it, it just needs to be the Lisa Frank trapper keeper of games. Like that's what it's good at is doodles and Batman versus, you know, uh, John yeah, Wick yeah. or whatever. Um, but building is, building has never felt good to me on console, especially. Um, and so... I don't love spinning around and holding triggers and things like that. So to me, I think it can only be improved with get, at least trying out how that looks without it. Because building, right. was, building was from Save the World. It was in Fortnite Battle Royale because it was in the engine. Yeah. And I don't think it ever necessarily made Fortnite what it was at the start. That's my opinion, of course. I'm glad they're trying it to your point. Like it's been requested by quite a few people. We'll see what it does. We'll see if people like it. I know that uh, I've been joking about playing with Luke and Joe uh, because they play Fortnite all the time. And I was like, you know, I'll play with you. What the hell? It's not a game I normally play. But yeah. But now when they, when I saw this this morning, I was like, oh, we got to play now. Like I'm excited to actually play it without the building. So we'll see. Well, it's it's just nice to see them giving you the option. Right. And that's, that's what I'd like to see. But the, the problem with a lot of these games is that they, they they build them around, you know, say like PVP versus PVE, you know, it, it's just, and so, so all the, all the, the new additions and stuff to any of those games will, will start focusing on one or the other. And they start pushing things in one certain direction because like you saw with Sea of Thieves, it wasn't like some kind of huge game, especially early on. And then, you know, what was his name? That moron that streams. No, not Ninja. He's all right. Uh, I can't remember. Shroud, maybe. Can't stand that dude. Anyway, he snuck onto a ship, right, and just stayed there on somebody's ship. They didn't know he was there. All right, and then all of a sudden, people saw that, and and that's what started growing that community was people being a holes the entire time, and it, it just kept going and going and going. And Rare kept adding certain things to the game that were disguised as PVE things, but really it was just to bring more PVE players in so they can get the Twitch numbers so they could, you know, have the PVPers own them. Because that's where that's where the big numbers are. It's not from people going out and, you know, there, there, there are certain aspects of it from what I've seen where, you know, it's like, oh, these guys met on the sea and they were best friends. No. You know, <laughs> that, the, that is a yeah, part of it, though. Yeah, yeah, there's your 100 view stream. Oh, oh, this guy's God. got 20,000 people watching. Why? Oh, he's just destroying everybody that comes within like a hundred yards of him. That's what people want to watch because people are generally assholes. So that's that's what sells. And it, so that's it, what 
Dan, uh, Dan has a bone to pick with Sea of Thieves, if you couldn't tell. I, uh, I have 300 hours in that game. All right, <laughs> 300 plus, probably more than that, maybe 500. It's a lot. And I, you know, it, it's, it's, it was one of my favorite games, even as little as there was to do in the beginning. It was so much fun because I was able to get, you know, and you would meet people and you'd be like, hey, let's play these stupid instruments they put in the game for no reason whatsoever. And just hang out and just, you know, we'll run into each It was fun. You met people that were nice. Now it's just people that, you know, my, my whole move is now to just, no matter what I have on my boat, I just head into like the Dead Sea or the Red Sea and just have them follow me. And then they get mad. And then I get typing, you know, little chats like, what are you doing? I'm trying to sink you. Yeah, you know what? Kiss my ass. I'm not even going to let you do it. I'm going to kill myself. You guys come in here if you want to do this. That's 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 the point I've gotten to with Sea of Thieves. Yeah. I haven't. I've actually uninstalled it. It I was, was one of those say, games. That doesn't that sound like even worth playing. Wow. Oh man. God, it's terrible. It, it sounds it, like it, you've it, encountered PC players. Is what happened. Yes. Really. That, that, well, I, I had you that can't turn off. that off either, right? Yeah, They're the can, worst. Yeah. yeah. You can. you can play Xbox control yeah, only, I think, or control. Yeah, you you can. You can. You and, and honestly, when I've done that, control my only is not Xbox only. Right. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's control only or. I, I think. I think you can segment playing with just Xbox too. players, though. Yeah. Uh, I think you can. And and when I've done that, my experience has been better, to be honest. Just because PC <laughs> yeah. players like they get like cheat. They they you know they hack the game and, sh- and stuff like that. It, it can get pretty toxic. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Makes me All sad. Right. I'll, I'll say what uh, Luke would always say to you, which I know you just love to death. Yes. It's Sea of Thieves, not Sea of Friends. You know what though? A, a few it, weeks ago, it he can be out, friends though. If you, it can yeah. be. He actually tweeted out. He's like, "Hey, you know what? I've been logging on to Sea of Thieves lately, and this is getting a little crazy, rare because <laughs> I'm just getting destroyed within like the first ten minutes. It's yeah. really not that fun. But you know, that's what sells, man. That's what these companies see, and that's why it's so successful because it's toxic as hell. <laughs> it's one of the most welcoming game communities. My ass. That's what I say. So." Sea of Reefers. Yep. Thanks, Elu. All, All right. right. I got that out, so I feel good. Yeah, oh, I, wow. can tell. I can tell. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's going to wrap us up this week. I just want to comment that I'm seeing Batman later, boys. Finally. I'm Hell excited. yeah, finally. Oh, nice. yeah. I've seen it like three times now. You're so behind. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh. Uh, trying to find time with my wife when my son's not working and need a ride. You know how it goes. So, uh, yeah, go on here in a few hours. Uh, and also, next weekend we get to talk about the halo show because it launches on friday and oh, i know have you guys seen it have you guys seen any episodes no we're, we're not so, special exactly. travis have yeah. you seen the episodes that's not out yeah. yet i've seen the first two episodes. <laughs> of course you have <laughs> he's got the big I, letters next to his name i don't believe you <laughs> i totally believe him yeah, i don't travis believe him at all him. He is lying his ass well, we right know now. the first two episodes were shown to the reviewers, so if Travis yeah, they were, they were shown. to that server... Well, I know that. I just know that he hasn't. Oh, he just breaks into IGN stuff. He gets all the encrypted <laughs> passwords. <laughs> this is true. Uh, but no, we'll get to talk about that next week, uh, which will be cool. Well, hopefully cool. We shall see. Uh, in the meantime... About Halo. I know, I know. We'll see. We'll we'll let's watch it, and then we'll discuss it. You're going to have... Yeah, Hogue is going to confirm... <laughs> A lot of his pre-existing biases, I think, on this one. It is a risk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so come this week, we have a few things uh, at Season Gaming. So we've got, for the record, uh, the RDNA 2 discussion is out there, at least part one of that. That's up on the channel right now. 
Also have a conversation with Cerebral Paul, uh, Paul Martin, and known in the gaming community, uh, and an Xbox ambassador who does some streaming for them too. A conversation about accessibility. That's up on the channel, so please check that out. We actually have an interview with the creator of Trek to Yumi going live on Monday that Luke did as a uh, guest contributor for Season Gaming. So we have that interview with him going up on Monday, so you can check that out. And the exclusivity period for our patrons uh, is up this week. And so the conversation I sat down with uh, Khalif Adams uh, to talk about uh, Spawn on Me and everything to do with his business and brand will go up this week as well. So good week of content coming. Uh, so check all that out. As always, thank you for tuning in. Travis, what's happening, man? Where can people find you? What you up to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can um, see my review of uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I keep wanting to call it Borderlands, but it, is, it does not have that in the <laughs> I can't title. imagine why. Yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> why. Um, my review will be up Wednesday when the embargo lifts on that. Um, and uh, I'm also covering uh, GDC. That's the Game Developers Conference, which nice. takes place in San Francisco. Um, so I'm going to be covering some... I think unannounced games. I, th I think they're unannounced, but they're they're smaller games. But I'm going to be at the conference uh, in and out, uh, going to a conference in person. Actually, it's nice. it's happening physically, so um, I'll be doing that and hanging out with some IGN folk and covering stuff there. So cool. you probably can find some coverage of stuff. I don't know when the embargoes are lifting, but I'll probably be writing stuff throughout the week um, on IGN.com. You can follow me on Twitter at TigerTravis, um, and you can uh, you can uh, read all of my other stuff. Uh, on on the website, uh, I also do a Destiny show. If you Google me, you'll you'll find it. Google me. I'm very Googleable. If you type in Ty Guy Travis or Travis Northup, you'll find me. <laughs> Good branding from the start, Travis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rick, what's happening? I continue to mine the virtual legality mines uh, over on my channel on YouTube.com/slash Hoglaw. Uh, where we have just recently talked about things that we talked about today from a different perspective, mostly. Uh, but we talked about Gran Turismo 7's issues. We talked about Stranger Paradise having some very interesting streaming rules surrounding it and some big-time streamers uh, discussing those for the first time. So I always like to jump on talking about copyright and how basically all the streamers on Twitch and anywhere else are uh, being played by publishers and the way that they set up their legal licenses. If that sounds at all interesting to you, check that out on Virtual Legality. And if you enjoyed our Hogwarts Legacy conversation and you remember any kind of, oh, I don't know, controversial topics about it in the recent past, uh, you might want to stay tuned to the channel. We're going to have an exclusive interview, God willing. I never like to make promises before people that are not inside my control actually yeah. show up uh, later on this week. Uh, and that will probably get me banned on a few more forums. So please do drop in and check it out because it'll be very interesting, I think. Fair enough. Fair enough. Look forward to that. All right. As always, we will be back next week with a seemingly an interesting discussion with Rick, uh, Halo TV show, and a lot more. But as always, thank you for tuning in to BigCast, your weekly gaming show covering all things Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and PC with industry and technical insight. Until next week.